24 hours a day, seven days a week. Spice FM, 98.8 FM. You're listening to Mentally Sounds Review Show on Spice FM. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Man, it doesn't show signs of stopping, and I brought me some corn for popping. The lights are turned way down low. Let it snow, let it snow. When we finally kiss goodnight, how I'll hate going out in the storm. But if you really hold me tight, all the way home I'll be warm. And the fire is slowly dying, and my dear, we're still goodbye. But as long as you love me so, let it snow, let it snow and snow. When we finally kiss goodnight How I'll hate going out in the storm But if you really grab me tight All the way home I'll be warm Oh, the fire is slowly dying And my dear, we're still goodbye But as long as you love me so Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow I really do hope that it does snow. That's the reason I played Let It Snow by Dean Martin going, please can it snow? Because I would just kind of like it to snow, particularly when I'm indoors. It's a bit like when it rains. Yeah. I would just like it to be like, okay, it's now officially Christmas, but mm-hmm. it is now probably officially Christmas to people listening now because Medley Sound is here on the video. We've <laughs> been waiting by the by the fire going, when are the guys going to be on? Um, and we're finally here. On Medley Sound here on Spice FM, 98.8 FM. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name's Stephen. I'm here with my great co-host, Mr. Ricky. Uh, hello, sir. How are you doing? I'm um, doing very good, sir. How's, how's Christmas been? Christmas? Wow. Uh, <laughs> so you said that like a uh, news flash. Like, like, yeah. I didn't even know. <laughs> yeah, just by Nobody me. told me. I, I usually hibernate it this time of year. Yeah, it's like always it. cold in the northeast of England, so <laughs> we can't tell. Uh, but no, yeah. So no, how's it's it been? not bad. Good. Um, there's a funny, funny few things I noticed. Um, for example, you know, I've done a lot of babysitting with my nephews and that's been a joy. Yep. But, you know, the, the thing they always talk about during Christmas is about, you know, the Christmas telly, like what's on and all yep. that stuff. And I missed all that simply because that when I babysit my nephew, I've always got to stick baby TV on. Yeah. <laughs> so I missed everything. That sounds that But sounds according right. to me, brother, I think he was saying the other day, well, you didn't miss much. I'm not, I don't know if there was any, like, great... That's the beauty of having, like, a sort of one-month-old, which is my, well, five weeks now my yeah. baby is, and Actually, I just watch to, to, anything because it doesn't matter. What I have been doing in terms of TV, so once, like, you know, nephews are in bed, so... It's like heading towards midnight. The, and I've been like binging on like American crime documentaries. <laughs> that's, that, what me and, uh, that's what me and um, Haley do all the either time that anyway. Or Father so. Ted, but, but these um, crime documentaries are like 10 a penny after midnight. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I, like um, the thing that we used to watch on our channel, particularly when my partner was pregnant, was 
um crime investigation channel that was the only channel that ever seemed to be on our sh- on our program well, sony, uh, sony have now got a crime channel for themselves yeah right? that's right yeah so like i've been watching like, bizarre deaths and and fear thy neighbor <laughs> it's not like the, it's not like the neighbors from hell over here have you ever like seen a, uh i've got to i've got to study this because we laugh at this every time we watch an episode of this have you ever heard of murder town yes i have yes. yeah it's with Catherine kelly who was in coronation street Oh, Catherine Kelly, the blonde lass who was in I thought some you were going to say Tasman Outway from these. No, Cause, no, cause she no. did something similar. I'm like, not too sure, I think but she no, did do an American. That, yeah. She might. Have, well, she went away. I mean, um, we'll get to the disclaimers of the show in a minute because it's obviously we do a show about mental health, but yeah. would, but this is interesting because yeah, there's a lot of people on in soaps mm-hmm. who end up like leaving soaps yeah, to go. I'm like, gonna go for greener pastures and then obscure documentary. Yeah, or yeah. they'll do like Lake Placid yeah, yeah. Three, like uh, Roxanne Pallet did, or end up like you know annoying people on reality shows over here and yeah. um, you know seeing someone hit them when they didn't and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of them do that, and then noticed, they yeah. find that it fails, and they go back to the back to the thing that they were known for because that's all they can do. And they'd be doomed as a um, failure, yeah. That, so they have to do whatever's an option. Oh no, them. then they'll go and do another soap on another channel because, like you know, I, I, I flicked on Coronation Street with my mom not too long ago, yeah. and like there's people who used to be in EastEnders who are now in Coronation Street doing different characters and stuff, and okay. I was like, that's really weird. Um, <laughs> but I do think it's an art to be a good soap star, though. I do think it's a very it. it comes Oh, yeah. to me is a very I, I difficult think skill. I've always said that yeah. the soap is probably whilst I'm, I used to watch it back in the 90s not so much now but I think the terms of acting quality it's yeah. the best that you see on yeah that. it's ridiculous and the, yeah. the, the subject matters are getting more and more ridiculous like the running joke I have whenever I see a soap now I go I mean if my mom ever is up to date on one or whatever or someone I know who watches soaps I go so who's he killed and then I just see it as a joke and then they go well they killed such and such and now he's yeah. trying to like bury the body you know and you're just like yeah. oh god yeah. Um, <laughs> when is it going to end? Because mm-hmm. they, they just think now, a bit like newspapers, they've got to just do the more depressing mm-hmm. storylines and make it more ridiculous, more chaotic, more outrageous. Um, which obviously I mean, they have included sort of mental health storylines, but yeah. I agree, the kind of ridiculous nature of some of their, it just gets weirder and far more... Yeah, Ridiculous I mean, there's, there's, no, it, 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 you considered a failure in that show if you have like one line and you just seen like doing your laundry didn't, in didn't Albert Square. Didn't set the trend when they buried the person uh, the patio and then su- came... supposedly they were the start off because like because Channel Four was start trying to get an audience. Yeah. That yeah, like Channel Four were the ones who like pushed yeah. the boat out, which you know I think Channel Four is probably responsible for quite a few. Yeah, people doing come that, back you know, dead now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know. Yeah, like you know, <laughs> well, well, we we were talking about this the other day, going how many like. Um, Le- get, get, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I knew you were thinking of that when yeah. you said that. Um, but also, what's hilarious about soaps, mm-hmm. you get a person who goes away for a, a glass of milk and then come back four years later and it was like, wow. Or like, you go, wow, that was a really difficult paper round. Like, you know, four <laughs> years later, <laughs> I was just like, wow, how many papers did they, how many papers did they need? Uh, Christmas, you know? soap, Christmas dinner Barney's, it usually is, isn't it? It's like, you know. Probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't watch any of them anyway, yeah. but it is interesting. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, yeah Murder Town is what yeah, we were talking yeah. about. So. so I bypassed all the the, the usual Christmas TV. Yeah, um, and I was been binging on American Crime. Great, good for you. Good for you. Uh, you're it. welcome in our house. Then that's all we ever watch. <laughs> um, is uh, but yeah, um, Murder Town is hilarious. The joke I was going to make about Murder Town because you, if you've ever on like you know, um, you know, cable Sky type stuff like because we've got Sky so. Um, or Virgin or whatever, is that you probably would see a lot of the ads for Murder Town, particularly on Crime Investigation, because it was like a show they really plugged and it was on on demand and all that kind of thing. And Catherine Kelly, right, 
uh, the promote that she does the show and she was on this morning talking about it all that kind of thing right mm-hmm. and in every episode of that show mm-hmm. she's in a car mm-hmm. um and she's telling to the she's telling to the camera mm-hmm. like the story of um so the idea is that all the letters in murder town yeah. are, are a town where a murder took place and she tells oh, you, because okay. one of them was, um, yeah. I think one of them might have been Newcastle. So that, I don't I can't remember what the N yeah, was. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like bell. N and um, uh, I think, oh no, maybe it was Nottingham. So maybe it wasn't Newcastle, but I think there might have been, um, N might have been Middlesbrough it actually. Me, yeah, like Middles- did, Middlesbrough, I think, might comedy, have been M. They did a comedy map of Britain, the same yes. thing, they followed the route and whatever. Yeah, so Newcastle. the idea is, is that they retraced it and talked to yeah. people who witnessed it at the time. <laughs> and so she's in a car talking to camera and like does it all dramatically going but then something dramatically turned <laughs> and me and Haley, right honestly we're pissing ourselves every episode because we're going where is she actually driving to because she would just be driving around her direction and every episode would go and she's stuck in the car and all she's doing Some is high going, by, yeah, yeah. by a gang masquerading as a, a film <laughs> yeah and she's like and she's really actually it's a story about her trying to like plead for help yeah. she's like the mid like that's the twist at the end i've been kidnapped sub- yeah subject i never wanted to do this show um I'm not a bit, so yeah. what was the one that tasman outhwaite did then i have no idea I didn't even, yeah one, well i'm not surprised yeah. because i mean she's like falling off the face of the earth as far as i know no, I, like, is she back in, in east end maybe well. I, I mean I, I haven't watched any of it but so. i do remember that that like because she was one of the most high profile actresses here and then she was gonna like i'm off to america mm-hmm. and do bigger things and then you didn't hear her. She wasn't in the big films. Yeah. Well, B, oh, well. B films or, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, well, anyway, well, as we could, because we're clearly going to have a nice little chin wag, is to explain to people who are listening about, um, obviously, it's mentally sound if your first time listening. Yeah, noticed. Uh, yeah, we noticed we didn't even actually do an introduction and started talking around with us. So, uh, is that, yeah, so mentally sound is a mental health show, but it's going to be a little bit different for this episode because, obviously, it is the 28th, and first of all, Merry Christmas to anyone who's listening. Um, hope he's had a good festive season so far because, obviously, it'll be a lot of people just sitting around at home, I imagine, just trying to find something to do. Um, so, hopefully, they're tuning in, listening to our end of year review show so the reason that we say that it's different is our show is usually a guest orientated show but what we decided to do because our christmas show was really bam, um you know jam-packed mm-hmm. you can actually listen to it on our facebook page we've now released it on itunes and everything else so you can listen to our christmas show now it's live because we, we we just thought leaving for leaving for it to be till next year to put it up which because we usually wait a bit to put our shows up um, didn't make sense for a Christmas show because obviously it's Christmas orientated so we wanted it to be current as possible yeah um, whereas this we don't mind putting at the beginning of next year because it's a look back and everyone does everyone I know who does podcasts and stuff do reviews at the beginning of next year so we're essentially doing it now live on Spice FM so we're going to just basically look back at maybe I imagine what might be fun and, and, and you know me and Ricky do, do actually we do a, a huge amount of prep for this show but actually for this one I think we haven't really discussed it in a sense of that we know we're going to do a review but i imagine we're both thinking the same thing and we're going to probably reminisce about all the shows we've done this year in particular for mentally sound um and maybe go through the list of guests we've had and maybe thought the interviews are really good this was really good or what we were proud of you know what was maybe difficult to do maybe or um you know maybe talk about some personal stuff that maybe made us uh, feel weird about a certain show because i know to have i know when we did a review show last year um i very um well sort of all your end of the year year, i remember reflecting on some difficult shows we did in the old community radio show um and how difficult it was because doing this with a mental health condition i think is um 
mm. is hard and that's the reason we talk about it openly is that you know that's part and parcel of, of doing something like this and being open and honest and all that kind of stuff so so yeah that's basically the gist so we're going to just reminisce about our we'll shows just quickly um, say thanks to Sandeep for coming yes. on to do this because yes, usually yes. spices up yeah so Sandeep who shop, runs yeah. yeah so just to clarify so he uh, came in especially to let us in yes yeah because yeah, um, currently the Beacon Centre which is where we um um record the show in the studio now uh that is not open like a lot of places currently obviously because of the festive season so sandy who's have has has access to the studio and um there are other businesses here who are open because there's a there's actually a business right next to us um you know like literally sharing a wall with us and uh, they're actually uh, in doing work didn't work today so they would have had to allow access to some businesses here so we basically just are allowed in our area where the studio is and so he just um, obviously had to come and let us in because we can't get the keys from the reception because the reception is not open um but anyway that's boring so anyway, basically that that's the gist thank you to sandeep and thank you to to, to spice for giving us the opportunity to do this because um it is quite um alarmingly quiet around here yeah. um which is nice for doing a radio show i can actually hear what he has to say well i do um, miss the cafeteria I yeah hope, i hope that does come in because it was like a the soul of the place wasn't it like community wise yeah uh, it is sad because and obviously it was a good it was a good place for us to have yeah. it um to have a you know like almost like a green room for, mm-hmm. for for guests to say go and have a coffee and mm-hmm. um and and wait for us and you it was a natural a transition nice pasta what they one day i seem to remember didn't you? yeah um yeah yeah i, I mean I, I i do love a bit of pasta so yeah uh, i remember i used to get it's a few things new, uh, regime isn't it sort of like yeah i still do keep up with them um, eating pasta and, and salad and stuff um i guess over the festive season it kind of gets a bit ridiculous you just eat loads of rubbish really yeah. but um I'm trying my best. I'm trying my best. Um, I mean, me and uh, me and Haley have got a regime because um, you know, obviously, our our, our baby's just going to get more energetic, not not less energetic. That was Christmas overall for the family. Um, it was good. Um, I mean, um, uh, the, uh something I think we're going to talk about on this show because obviously I talk about my mum a lot, and it's a good way of, of 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 reflecting because obviously people who listen to this show regularly or listen to my show or know me personally know that I've been spending a great deal of time this year looking after my mum, um, who's had to transition from living at home to living in a residential place, um. Which is obviously challenging, being that I'm essentially her primary carer. I, I mean, that's an that that has an interesting, um, you know, subject matter because it, it's subjective in the sense of I am still her primary care in terms of like a personal carer, and um, but obviously, but she now gets like you know people who do our medication and everything else. And so the reason I'm bringing all this up to what Ricky just said is that I I was essentially her carer for Christmas because. Um, we, me and uh, Haley went to pick her up at the residential home, took her to our house, and then we took her to my, uh, um, Haley's sister's. And it was hard work because the thing that I, the thing that I didn't think about, which um, hit me in the face quite obviously when it did happen. And a huge thank you. I must say that that um, Haley's family were nothing but supportive. Um, you know, our sister was very hospitable. Her dad was wonderful. He's got a very good empathetic view of things because he's not too far off age-wise to my mom. And so he was very, like, helpful. He, made sh- he actually said, like, you know, to say to for me to go and get dinner because I was the last to get dinner because I was making sure my mom was fed and everything else and, and was comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, so he kind of gave me a break so I could eat. So he, like, basically just sat with my mom and helped us. So I really appreciated him doing That's that. Nice. It was really nice. Um, but yeah, it was hard work in that sense because, but you know, hard work I'm willing to do because it was, I didn't want her to be by herself. 
Um, but yeah, one of the things that she got very upset over, which I can understand, is it was really the first Christmas for her to realise that she was no longer, uh, there's no other way of saying it, but contributing. She she felt she's like I'm sorry I didn't do anything, and it makes me feel sad for her because it it is the reality of the situation now. You know, you try and get her to do certain things, but she isn't like you know. You, you look back to what she was like when she did look after us at Christmas. She was a very like um very like you know come in I'll make you some food. She's that type of person being a being a mom my whole life. Um, so I think being like the sort of behind the scenes, just being waited on, didn't sit well with her. Um, understandably so, and I just didn't um, preempt that. So I did a lot of like having to reassure her that it was fine. Um, but at the same time, it, you don't want to lie because it is like sort of the reality of the situation. But you don't want her to be upset over it. So it was a lot of like sort of saying, "Oh, you know, you did good, and um, you know, it was a pleasure to have you." I was, and it was, I, it was, it always will be. But um, so Christmas in particular was just hard work and quite tiring. Um and um, uh, Haley's sister did us a huge favor by um, um looking after Luna for a night. Okay. Um, because I think just with everything that was going on over the Christmas period, we just kind of hit a brick wall in terms mm-hmm. of tiredness. Mm-hmm. Um, so great, so very gratefully, her and her niece, mm-hmm. um, uh, looked after her for a night, so we could just like kind of catch up on sleep, basically, which has really helped because we've kind of reset and mm-hmm. we feel a lot better. So huge thank you to them um because yeah i kind of would probably going to talk about this during the show about um about you know doing the right thing for your child and a parent to say actually needing help i think is not a sign of weakness it's a sign of saying i i need to you know you parents responsibility um other than looking after their child is to, to maintain their sanity um and to maintain their well-being and everything else and, and obviously with someone like me who's got an actual registered condition um to do what i need to do to be you know responsible just for myself you know the phrase of you can't help somebody else unless you help yourself Definitely. um so yeah it was a hugely grateful thing so i'm not ashamed to say that on the air because um i think that's good and obviously you know she's like five weeks old now so one day out of five weeks um and it was like a night because i mean we were with her the whole day so it was really only you know essentially probably 12 hours um an overnight thing but she was she was actually really well behaved so um you know and she is in general so um yeah and we just tweaked a few things so we're in a good place at the minute um but yeah we had yeah it is hard work like we like i talked about last week um but how about you so what did you end what did you actually do did you end up just staying do you just stay at home or did you go somewhere uh, or what was the what was the deal no so i i did the usual thing um i thought i had everything sorted and then come christmas eve i realized that i was actually short of a few things i didn't have enough wrapping paper so knowing that I had nephews in mind to please, I sort of went out and I actually went up to Kingston Park mm-hmm. and it was bedlam out there. Um, we actually we actually had a nice Italian there, actually, a, good, a nice meal. In a way, it was a kind of nice preempt Christmas meal that we had. Um, got all my usual things. Um, on Christmas Day, actually, my plan was just to take it easy. Whatever happens, happens. There was no sort of plan that I was um, that I knew about. I wanted to actually go for a run. But when I got told, no, no, we're going to my uncle's place up in Pont, Pont, which is Pontiel. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I, I always keep calling Pontiel Pont. <laughs> I used to play rugby out there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Pont, so oh, that's good that you clarify for people <laughs> who aren't from around here. Yeah. yeah so. so yeah, and then we had a bit of a little gathering there, and um, yeah. I'm going to Wall later. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just a Wall, Stephen, outside, you know, no, an actual. I don't know. Outside. Just I don't know, but you know this. 
you know, I, I think one of the most, one of the most sort of, uh, in terms of recent pro- TV programs which actually capture the mood of a nation, has to be the royal family, you know, the Ricky Thomas version. Yeah. Where they oh, would just sit great. around on, on watching yeah. telly. And that's what it essentially is. Like, that's what we were. There wasn't a great deal of, of, of uh, interesting interaction, shall we say. And then, and then I joined my uh, cousin who, 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 you know, he was a big gamer, so I watched him play. Um, a particularly violent game. You might—I forget the name of it. Is this Fortnite? Western Red Red Dead Redemption? Yes. Uh, the second one. Yeah. Is that a, is that an eighteen? Is yes. It, yeah. Okay. So you shouldn't be playing that. Yeah. I'm no. Gonna, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sort of warn him about that. Yeah. I was watching him play. He's only sixty, and he's like playing that, and I was like, wow. This yeah. It's it's made by the same people who make Grand Theft Auto. Okay. Have you have you heard of Grand Theft Auto? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's Rockstar Games. Um, and then we watched a basketball game because he's a big basketball fan. So Ooh. Um, I mean, it, for it was me, an it was American just, one. Yeah, for, he's a big NBA fan now. So for me, oh, cool. it was just I didn't care what he did. It was just nice to reconnect. So what did he watch? Uh, well, he let, is it the Houston Rockets? Yeah, yeah. And they played the is it not Miami Heat the oh, New York or something? No, uh, no, 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 no. So Miami Heat will be an Eastern Conference no, no, team. No, Boston. No. Um, oh, Philadelphia. Boston, Boston Celtics. Celtics did play later on. They oh yeah. Two matches end on. Oh end. okay. So what was this on regular Sky? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I know, because Sky have got the rights now, which yeah. is interesting, but we don't have... Um, so I don't... think he was trying to convert me, but it, it hasn't happened. I, I, yeah, I watched the uh, um, I watched the highlights afterwards um, of the Lakers playing, uh, Lakers played on Christmas Day. I was and wondering, because really how like, he got into the Houston Rockets, I don't... Oh, yeah, because there's a player called The Beard. Nicknamed oh, James Harden. Yeah, he's yeah. a big fan of it. I think he got it. Libya. Which is fair enough because <laughs> I, I, in Libya. the 90s, I, I, I followed Juventus on the on the sole reason I, I was a big fan of Roberto Baggio and they were like my sort of team. Yeah. Thing. You well, do that, don't you? You follow the team based on who you... It's funny. Well, I, he, that's a really good and that's an interesting <laughs> observation because um, like... We talk about football sometimes on the show, not a lot because obviously it's not a football show or a sports show. But we're, we've had Newcastle-related uh, people on, like the Disability um, Association. Well, just very quickly on that, when you yeah. when you mentioned like our past shows, could I would pinpoint that one in particular because the interview they had with Gareth, who was the head of the Disabilities Association. Yeah. With Newcastle United, I thought it was a great interview we did. All right, cool. Yeah, I, I, I agree, you know, and it's really nice to know that a, a team that we support yeah. go to that length. Yeah. You know, considering they spend no money on the pitch, it's nice <laughs> that they spend money um, off it. Controversial, to, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, well, I agree, but yeah, yeah. it's controversial, but right, yes. uh, <laughs> but correct yeah. in my assertion. <laughs> but no, that, it's not that, fiction. It's fact. But yeah, but yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just to finish my point, it's fiction that we spend any money. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyway, so, um, but it's an interesting point about sport because I just want to finish my thought was because the reason I brought up Newcastle United is that, you know, if you are, you know, people say like if you support Man United and you're not from Manchester, for example, you're just glory seeking or whatever it may be or Manchester City, obviously, I would say now because they're the most successful right now. Um, So, yeah, or or maybe Liverpool. um, So, you really want to support wherever you're from. So, we're from the Newcastle area, so we support Newcastle United, which makes a great deal of sense. Which shows that we must be from the area, because if you were to pick a team, you would probably not pick Newcastle, because we just never won anything for such a long time. But I like the fact that we're like that. Anyway, but I think if it's a sport that's not from your area, and so so from America... I think you end up picking teams based on players. Yeah. So like you're like you just said That's with right. your nephew yeah. because um 
when I first started getting into American sport with basketball, it was one player that made me want to play and want to watch. And I was in my late teens, mm-hmm. and there was a guy called Steve Nash who played for um, Phoenix Suns, okay. um, and he just signed there. And he was like, he changed the league because he played in such a pass orientated. Like he was a great passer, great shooter. Um, was a team player. He went on the Phoenix Suns team that they were the worst team in the league mm-hmm. and made them like the, one of the best teams in the league all in one year. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I'll admit this because I do think people think think this way, but it, this is by no means a discriminatory thing. This is just an absolute fact. Is that there's very few um, white players in the league anymore. And I mean, I say that with no no discrimination. It's just a fact, right? And the reason I say that is because what I assume, which is a wonderful thing, that people in America or like African Americans or whatever, whatever, whatever race you are, um, you probably look at people who are from your country or wherever or your area and go, oh wow, they made it in the NBA, so it's wonderful that they have that. Mm-hmm. But because there's less people who look like you who are in the the NBA. I was drawn to him because he was quite small and he was white. And I know, like, I, I, there's a, there was a person in um, a sports uh, outlet in an American media thing who said that and got a bit of criticism, but he really didn't mean it in a way that was uh, discriminatory or anything like that or, or controversial. It was just saying you have empathy towards people. who It's the same principle as, you know, you see someone who looks like you who's got the same hair color or something or long, long hair, and you go, like... You um, you have a you you daydream that like that could have been me kind of thing in football. It's the same principle. I usually, yeah, um, but it's not just always. I think it's more often the the roots to a person like where yeah. from. I think people yeah. identify more. So I, absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Same goes yeah. for like music stars, like someone who was the outcast at school or something and might have been bullied and and therefore they made it. You know. And like I say, that's just a small part of why I got into it. I'm just saying that that's part of it, but also the way he played, and also he was a really, really nice guy. Because well, Baggio, um, for me, yeah. um, he he was in a way kind of an outcast because you know, like Italy is a hugely, deeply c- c- Catholic sort of country, and he was a Buddhist, and he got stick for that by the establishment in some regards. But he was incredibly skillful. He was very, um, I think, a bit like Lineker in the fact he he rarely got booked. He was also he was very placid. And he just did his feet, did did the talking, um, you know. Uh, and I think you know he was just immensely skillful and brilliant, and mm-hmm. that's why I kind of identified with him. Yeah. But I gave my cousin a kind of a history lesson, because um, I mentioned players like Charles Barkley and the Michael Jordan that these oh, yeah. sort of Magic Johnson that these were the pioneers back in the eighties, nineties. Well, uh, as if you ever want, I'd recommend if you, you wanted to know about the history of the NBA, you should watch the Magic versus Larry Bird documentary that they did oh, okay. um, on ESPN. Mm. Um, I think you could probably find it somewhere. It might even be on like Netflix, something like Netflix. I think or something. Michael Jordan, in particular, because the merchandise that yeah. surrounded him was but, immense. But, but what I would say now is from y- the legacy of that. Yeah, but I would say the re- but the reason I'm bringing up Magic versus Larry Bird is that the league was going bust before they came along. So you can so argue they needed, needed, they the needed them to, to start it. Right. Um, so even though Ma- and Michael Jordan um, made it like even bigger, but without them, mm. um, and unfortunately it goes back to what I was just talking about about seeing the 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 white versus black argument because. Um, which is unfortunate because they shouldn't have used it that way, but it just became because of the way it was in them days in the eighties, seventy, late seventies, early eighties. Larry Bird was white, Magic Johnson was black, so they they had this whole they had this whole thing of pick your team. So everyone started following 
um, Magic George, Magic Johnson was followed by the black community in the Lakers, and the Boston Boston Celtics were followed by the like you know the ordinary white folk of America, and so loads of people started watching the basketball. So um, so they did it. What? But but the reason they did that is because basketball was like in there was two different leagues at the time. They merged together to form the NBA because it used to be the A the A ABA or whatever it was called at the time. So anyway, so the whole reason I'm bringing this up is because it was that that kick-started, you know, television. Like, you know, for example, the NBA Finals, which is like FA Cup Final over here or something like that, was on a tape delay. It wasn't even live. Like, so they would have recorded it and they played it like a day later or like four hours later than than it was live. No one cared about basketball in the late 70s. Like, um, it was dying. It was absolutely dying. And the players were unbelievable. Some unbelievable players. But it was just that they, they it was a horribly run league, and it was um, no one. Sadly, I think in America, um, the race aspects of yeah. sports come back big time. You know when. Because what's fantastic about that thing is like um, Larry Bird gained respect for being good because he was this tall white guy who went into a team that were all black players because Boston Celtics had one of the first teams to ever have like you know black people actually on the team, and so what I found myself. What was fascinating is that they were like, oh, nobody, you know, he can't be that good. He's 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 not nothing like us. He's not from, you know, he's not got our blood, and he's not from our area, and you know, he's not he's not he's not in so this place. So were they like reluctant? Yeah, they. they it reminds me. I'll, yeah. I'll give you this reference very quickly. It reminds me of the whole um, Max Schmeling Joe Lewis rivalry that mm. happened in the 1930s. The boxing, absolutely, yeah, where the the Nazis l- used Max Schmeling because he'd beaten Joe Lewis. Um, Mm-hmm. And, and he was there like figurehead, this Aryan sort of, you know. Yeah. He, he never was. In fact, more the opposite because he actually sheltered Jewish um, people that he employed. Like mm-hmm. he looked after them. Yeah. And Joe Lewis, of course, um, um, even white America got behind him. But the irony was that he couldn't. He didn't have rights in most of the country. Similar to Muhammad Ali, you know, he he won the Olympic medal, but when he came back, when he came back to his own country, and he found out he couldn't sit in some restaurants. He very famously threw his medal into the river. He says, yeah. what's, it, what's it worth? You know, yeah. I don't have rights of my own. Yeah, he's lost so his, politics he's lost and his sport, freedom. Yeah, yeah. Has, has, has this weird... But Max Schmeling and Joe Lewis, they actually became best friends in the end, but they were reluctant... It's he, nice to know. They were reluctant sort of um, heroes from people who were backing them because they didn't want to be backed by who they were, if you see what I mean. Yeah. And very touchingly, when Joe Lewis died, very famously. I'm surprised there hasn't been a big Hollywood film based on this, but... Um, Max Schmeling paid for his funeral because I think Joe Lewis kind of hit the hit the drink later on in life and he oh, got really unwell. That's a shame. Yeah, Interesting. There you go. A fascinating discussion. Um, uh, so yeah, what we're going to do now is obviously you need to take a break because we're at the half hour point. We're going to take, take a break for some ads. Um, you know, retune, refocus, and um, get into the Christmas spirit once again. Um, but what I wanted to say is that uh, am I right in saying there is a guest uh, scheduled today as well? One thirty, um, the, the local British Red Cross. Okay. Great, yeah. I wanted to. I just. I never. I, I never asked you what time it was going to be. So, yeah, um, so yeah. So at one thirty, we're going to have a phone interview. Um, I wasn't going to book any guests, but it was. A, yeah. It was an over. It was one hanging on from last week that that they couldn't come on. Said we'll, we're happy to come on you next. Show, sure. Oh, that's good. So yeah. So that's going to take place um, at one. Talking about loneliness in the community because the British good. Red Cross have a campaign about that. And yeah, I thought what we'd do as well is we'll do mental health news at one thirty, yeah. uh, one o'clock. Sorry, uh, our normal our normal time slot for that. Yeah. So that's what's coming up on today's show here on our review show for two thousand and eighteen on mentally sound. I'm going to take a break for some ads now, and then we're going to be right back to talk some more. Reviews of last year. Maybe talk about some guests that have been on the show. Maybe be more specific about some interviews we did. And we, yeah, because we'll not have time to do this later. So we'll do mental health news at one o'clock. 
And then one thirty, we have an interview scheduled with the British Red Cross. Um, and we're here till 2pm here on Mentally Sound, right here on Space FM, 98.8 FM. And we'll be back after these messages. For the community, by the community. Spice FM, 98.8 FM. Spice FM will be celebrating Mohammed Rafi's birthday once again on Christmas Eve this year from 11 to 2. Join the oldest gold host, Masood, with a selection of Rafi's greatest hits. Welcome to your community announcement answer machine. To broadcast your community announcement on Spice FM free of charge, call 0191273988. Select option 3 and record your message. No more messages. Sick of the same old radio sound. <sighs> then you need vibrant radio. Spice up your life. Spice FM, 98.8 FM.
to go gliding in the one horse sleigh. Giddy up, jingle horse, pick up your feet. Jingle around the clock. Mix and a mingle in the jingle and beat. That's the jingle bell rock. In the one horse sleigh, giddy up, jingle horse, pick up your feet, jingle around the clock, mix and a mingle in the jingle and beat. That's the jingle bell, that's the jingle bell, that's the jingle bell. Two really nice songs there to get you in the mood as I eat my pasta. Uh, over the Christmas period. Uh, that was Jingle Bell Rocks by Bobby Helms and Little Saint Nick by the Beach Boys, which I was just saying during the break while we put it on, how much I'm a huge fan of the Beach Boys. But, um, and I was saying I've never really got it, because when I think of like 60s music, I always think of the Beatles, the Stones, the Velvet Underground. They're like my top three. Probably mm-hmm. the, the Small Faces yeah. as well. But Beach Boys are never really, I don't know, Never really got into them. It's kind of like a lot of bands, though. It's like, you can like them. You can like... I, I, I like certain songs. I wouldn't say, like, you know... I don't like put on a Beach Boys album mm-hmm. and be like, oh, every song's, like, amazing, because they do have a, a signature style. Although um, Pet Sounds is regarded as, like, one yeah, of the breakthrough. Yeah, Pet Sounds I appreciate that. great. Yeah. 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 Um, but anyway, so, yeah. Well, Madam Melody Sound, uh, this is on Spice FM, 98.8 FM. We're a mental health show, but we're kind of just a review show, <laughs> essentially talking about... sports and music, you politics, throwing well, in. Well... Yeah, it's true, but it's it's, but it's funny. related, isn't it? Yeah, actually. it's funny because I think the whole point is it's. I'm actually glad you said that because when I said that, I think we both had the same thought. Was that I keep saying it's a mental health show because it is. Yeah. I mean, that's the subject matter that we always like lean lean on. Mm-hmm. But I think the beauty of it is to realise that mental health is really everything. Yeah. You know, it 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 it, 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 is, it yeah. is involved in everything, yeah. involved in every process. Yeah. Us having a conversation now, mm-hmm. it, our mental health is involved mm-hmm. because at this moment in time, I'm having a really nice time, and it's 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 giving me an endorphin buzz. It's making me feel good. Mm-hmm. I feel relaxed on the air. I enjoy talking to you. Well, how how um, often have I said that this show has become like a talking therapy? For yeah, me. It's, it's, I, I look forward to the show. Like, all and the like I was saying to, to Haley not too long ago, like because obviously now you know now that I live with her, I keep coming here from from the house mm-hmm. and and I'm just I'm like I, I I struggle to get nervous about doing this anymore. Like I get nervous about this stuff going like wrong. Your second home now in a way. Yeah, in a way, yeah. I mean, I like the studio, yeah. so I just think I could see ourselves being here for a few years. You know, and then see, and then hopefully, like, reach a point where we can move to another place and, and get, keep keep expanding and getting better. Um, but for now, like, I mean, this is a, re- you know, we've really hit a good place mm-hmm. to be, and Spice are thrilled with us. Um, they're really happy with the show, so, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Um, but, yeah, we were talking about um, during the break as well, which I thought was an interesting thing. We were literally like, we're like, oh, God, we're back on the air. We <laughs> uh, was to talk about um, game shows over the Christmas period. We've agreed to go on a game show. Yeah, we were like, yeah. Like, maybe the, the, the breaking news here on Mentally Sound is that I said to Ricky, because we were talking about, like, so we were talking about all the, the shows and, like, 
Yeah, we were talking about, oh, maybe we should do a sports show because, oh, we're quite good at this, quite good at that. Yeah. And I went, oh, it's a bit, and I was like saying, oh, you know, like when you watch game shows, I don't ever get the questions right that everyone goes, well, that's obvious. I always get the ones where everyone goes, don't know that. And I go, well, that's easy, it's this. And then, yeah, yeah. um, and then so we, and then we started saying, well, why don't we go on pointless? So I'm generally like being serious. What I, ever I happened to, do, master, do you remember Mastermind when the, 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 the subject matters you can choose was so kind of like, now they're so specific, like, Oh, um, stiff records between 1978 and 1980. Oh God, yeah, I it mean, used to be. It used to, yeah, it used to be economics yeah. or um, history of uh, armies, and then it's like I want to talk about um, Napoleon between the years <laughs> of uh, 21 to 38, particular interest in the Napoleonic Wars yeah. and um, his invasion of Italy between the years. Only between the years of 19... Well, it's not 19, obviously, but yeah. Yeah, you're so right. Because, I mean, it's like... um, I'm pretty sure someone did a sketch about that, saying that it did get too specific. I remember Um, on Mock the Week, I think it was Ed Byrne said something Um, like, Hello, my name is Michael James, and my chosen specific subject is The Life and Times of Michael James. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I know Michael McIntyre did a joke on, like, um, uh, the big fact was of the year on, on Channel 4. Where he says, why don't end quiz shows? Why is there never a question about, like, what happened in Michael McIntyre's house last night? Because yeah. I know what happened then. I know that question, and you don't know any. No, you well, don't know what happened. You should go and mastermind um, that. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah, because you could just say that, yeah. You could just be like, hello, I'm Michael McIntyre, and my special subject is what my wife said to me <laughs> um, last night. Because I used to quite like PM. that show, but um, the, the subject matter is so ridiculous. I thought you were going to say what happened to it, because... Mastermind went through a phase of yeah. I um, I know it went on Sky Arts or something because Clive Anderson Clive did Anderson it. did it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I and think then, it was. I think it, it was back. even on like National Geographic or something. I don't yeah, and then it. it went back to BBC. I think for a little bit. Yeah. With um, um, John Humphreys. Yes, thank you, John Humphreys. Yes. Um, uh, Magnus Magnus. Yes. The original one, yeah. That's what I was gonna say, but he obviously didn't come back. But he did it for he did it in the the beginning bit. Pardon me for belching mm-hmm. um, it. Um, but yeah, so um, yeah, so we talked about game shows and just how much you know very little. And I imagine there'll be loads of families over this Christmas period sitting down looking at game shows and going and 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 getting annoyed at. What I stuff enjoy you don't know. I enjoy a good quiz though. You know, when like Christmas show socials used to involve quizzes. I enjoy them. I've not been for one for a few years. I like pub quizzes. Like I think we should yeah. get a team yeah. and uh, just do a pub quiz every now and again. Like one, even if it was just once a month, just something to just something to do. Maybe we should do that. Get a team. Get a bunch of people together. Mm. I think I can make that happen. So let's do it. Um, another thing that I want do as well i mean there's again another segue but um is have you seen the i'm sure i brought this up with you before but i actually know where it is now it's near the gate in newcastle is mr mulligan's space golf thing it's like a mini golf thing inside a building it's it sounds amazing it's so up my street he's called mr mulligan's or something um and it's a space golf and it's a mini golf inside like so imagine like sort of like a bowling alley but it's in a just a building mm-hmm. um it's it's just past the gate where like the taxis are and all that kind of thing on the right hand side where like the Sainsbury's are and the China, gym Chinatown. yeah yeah it's around there um just to the right um okay. um and anyway so yeah the whole idea is it's like mini golf inside so it's not outside it's inside and it like costs less, obviously, the more people you bring. So the idea is that you have a, you can have a meal and a pint, and okay. you play mini golf. And it's like it's like I think fifteen. It's like it's like eight pound for one round or something. But then if you get loads of bunch of people together, it's like a tenner for three rounds. It's an of, indoor crazy yeah, golf an indie dog crazy golf thing. thing. Oh. And it's like you and you there's, te- there's like tables right next to it. I used stuff, to enjoy. Did you ever used to go to the old Metroland? Were you? Remember oh yeah, back in the day, yeah. yeah there was yeah, a nice. Yeah. I, I used to love the fact that you had everything all under one roof. 
Yeah. So you've been playing crazy golf and just the roller coaster just whizzed past the ear. I miss just, it. So do I, I miss it whenever I go. Like, we were there not long ago, if you remember. And uh, yeah, I yeah, yeah, miss it. I miss Metroland, it. Yeah. Do you remember, like, because they used to have, like, the roller coaster that like, used to come out of the. Um, you know, the, 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 didn't the, am I right in thinking, like, years and years and years ago when they had that roller coaster inside Metroland, yeah. that you could actually, like, the track for the roller coaster went sort of out of the, out yeah, of, yeah. into the foyer But it used bit. to weave in and out of all the other yeah, rides. Yeah, I know, that was the miniature so, golf course. Yeah, it was so down. cool. Yeah, yeah, it was I remember it being so cool because I remember being terrified, but also thought I was, was more cool. of a fan of the, the arcades and, like, sh- yeah. shooting the, you know, that, that weird one where you roll the ball and your horse, there's a horse racing one and it. If you get in the middle, you get three, and your horse oh, gets yeah. three. Yeah, yeah. And I used to like win loads of tokens, and I used to remember when hacky sacks were. were <laughs> and I had like a house full of hacky sacks. So. Well, I'm sure everyone's everyone's made this joke before, but if you ever go to them arcades now, you have to like the amount of tokens you need to get like you know because there was a guy on Judge Rinder, you know Judge Rinder, which yeah, I, yeah. I says by guilty pleasure. He did a, a his Christmas special was with children. Oh, you mentioned. Um, and so he brought on like a brother, for example, went on and said. My brother broke my notebook and pen, <laughs> and so he basically talk, does a case of like trying to prove that the guy, uh, like his brother, did it. And Judge Rinder just asked him honestly, "Did you do it?" And he goes, "Yeah, I did." You know, and I was annoyed. And then he goes, "So he gives him a new notebook and pen." But people in the court laughed, and there's a reason I remembered it when you we were just talking about. Is he went? I won it at an arcade, and he went. Won it at an arcade, and he went. How much did the? How much? How many tickets did you have to do to win it? Four thousand tickets, <laughs> and I'm like four thousand tickets. I was like four thousand tickets back in the day would have bought the arcade. Yeah. Like uh, nowadays, you know, it's like, probably an exaggeration, but he's not far yeah. off. I know, he? probably but, not. Yeah. But you said he got it in Spain. Toy, yeah. yeah, he said he got it in Spain. But yeah, it's like a bit like um, you know, not the there's a there is a place still in the Metro Centre with mm. for an arcade. But it's like you can get like a PlayStation Four. Just on that weird but, um, new places. Did you know that in the Metro Center, we're going off the same venue, but the the gallery upstairs from the cinema, it's weird because me my friend went to see um, Bohemian Rhapsody a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and it's so weird because there's this, the gallery. You go upstairs. It's it's like being in a casino. Mm-hmm. You get weighted on hand and foot. You get you get endless nachos. Nice. You get get free. You can get endless like water, cokes, and stuff. And it's like. Um, and you, but why restrict it to if you're paying for that and you, you've got this lounge area where you can just walk through into the cinema yeah but it's like why why stop at Doritos if you're going through the whole hog just serve me up a hot dinner or something yeah, 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 weird yeah, yeah. It was I just weird. I don't um, think you need to go that far just when you've seen a film. But yeah. Well, it's like um, this is Michelle, my American friend. Like uh, whenever I used to talk to her about cinemas, like mm. they would order like you know like recliner chairs. Oh, imagine America, they do re- yeah. recliner. They do recliner chairs, yeah. and you can whenever you're in the film in the cinema, there's like a row where you get waited on. So a waiter comes yeah. at the end of the row and basically says, "Does anyone want anything?" So imagine. Who but I'm like, I'm going like, is that not rude though? If there's other people in yeah, the actual exactly. area. Like, I mean, yeah. unless she means like unless she means that it's like a little small cinema and they've got the cinema to themselves or something and it's just do they still have um drive through cinemas over there like i know it was like oh you mean 50s. like ones where you just went in your you know car. when the youth then used to drive with <laughs> cadillacs with their dates and yeah and like a big huge screen you used yeah. to sit and just watch it. i always I'm, wanted to experience that i kind of would as well it'd be kind of fun but it's all indoor multi-packs. i'm assuming they still I'm do it somewhere that. maybe as a nostalgic thing because I did one scene interview where they talked about um, where Craig Ferguson talked to um, oh, um she's British and she was on um, oh, uh, the oh, 
but I forgot the name of it now. But uh, but anyway, it was a crime thing, mm-hmm. and um, she's 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 a British actress anyway. She'll the name will come to me eventually. Mm-hmm. But but anyway, the whole point is she was saying, you know, like it, you can be, you can pretty much do everything in your car now because mm-hmm. you know all they do now, which is why we're talking about drive-throughs. It was making me think of you can you, the people are so lazy now that you can basically not even get out of your car to get food. You don't even need to get out your food. Somewhere. You got fuel because there's people. There are. They're even talking now about having people who fuel your car up. All you do is pass them the money. Well, it's always a big um, thing in America. You yeah, here as well. Yeah, I think that. Yeah. Well, the, well, everything comes from America. Then comes to here because now you can get weighted on at McDonald's. Not only now can you go into McDonald's, but you don't even have to order anything. Mm-hmm. You can just order some. Well, you order something and then just wait for it to come to you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just like the so the point of when they said that. Um, Saffron Burroughs, that was the girl's name. Sorry, it was going to drive me crazy. Um, so Saffron Burroughs was the actress's name. And yes, yeah, so she was quite rightly, I think, making a good point of you can pretty much do anything, everything to survive in your car, you can yeah. do. You know, you can just go and... and but I know in, uh, in the, these open air cinemas, they do them down in, in town now, don't they? Yeah, they yeah. Some of the deck chairs you can and sit things. Down, That's yeah. quite nice, yeah. Yeah, and they play like Is old films usually. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah the, the company. Yeah. I didn't realise they were a company, but they are. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, 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 they run a lot of things. Um, but yeah, so they usually play like a lot of old school uh, Christmas well, stuff. I usually say. Did, find, did uh, Ro- I think last summer the Rogue One was on? I think. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah probably. Stars, yeah. yeah, probably. I um, was doing some errands. I kind of half wanted to stay and watch. Yeah, to sounds good. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, this, so we've got like ten minutes or so before we need to take a break, obviously for ads, and then we're going to do mental health news um, for the on the start of the second hour. But so I thought for me for ten minutes then, because we've been just talking about random stuff at the minute. Is to talk about so mentally sound over the last year because anyone who's listened to this new um, will maybe just the quick historical context of mentally sound is that we've been on the air for about a good three plus years now. Um, had a little break in between because we had to transition from our old community radio station that we did to here. But we've been at Spice. Remind me, Ricky, how long do you think we've been here? It's, like two it'll years be, or something. It'll be two years this March. Yeah. So yeah, that's right. So years. we've done about a year and a half, let's say, uh-huh. year and two quarters, mm-hmm. uh, two thirds maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, and obviously we're super happy here. So um, and more importantly, this year is all been a spice because I remember last year it was not quite because yeah we started in March. That's right. Mm-hmm. So we've done a year and a half or so in spice. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess just an interesting conversation could be to talk about sort of being in spice for this whole of this year and just how do you like when you when i say to you think of mentally sound this year what jumps out at you um in terms of stuff that we've done that like Uh, you know and it doesn't have to necessarily be positive you could also be something that was stressful or something like that but just do you know what the beauty of what we're doing i I, there's no there's i I can barely think of anything negative it's all been positive yeah and i'm not just saying that i'm not being biased deliberately but it's like everything's just really gone well yeah. Did you say the biggest change is that little white device next to you? Oh, the phone, the yeah. The phone, yeah. I think that's enabled us to talk a lot. <laughs> you mean this gun? You set me up with such a, a multitude of jokes there. <laughs> a little white thing, what, my bomb? <laughs> no, that's obviously a joke. Off calm, this is a joke. Yeah, I could tell um, you. you, you yeah, quite, yeah. I think you could do a Bond villain. Yeah, yeah, I think I could, yeah. And with Lister, the most least threatening, <laughs> the least threatening dog in the world, he just circles, goes around in circles, and he's like, what do I do, what do I do, what do I do, what do I do? Uh, we do uh, uh, Ozzy, who's uh, Haley's dog. Obviously, our dog now, but you was was Haley's dog before before I met her. Um, he very much 
reminds us of like a a bomb a, a bond cat villain he's a dog but he acts Blofeld's like a cat, cat. yeah he cat, just yeah. sits on your arm and he kind of yeah. judges everybody and uh we think it's hilarious like because he sits on the corner of like the couch and whenever people walk in he's like how dare you how dare you interfere with what i'm doing and uh i would just think yeah he'd be a good bond villain uh a compliment um uh so yeah we, we do occasionally do like pretend uh pretend scenes in bond but um but yeah, so I mean, I'm glad you said that. It's very flattering that you think that. Um, I mean, is there anything that you think you were? Prote- I mean, because it, it, you know, I, I just to clarify to show that Ricky's not, you know, taking the mick up by saying any of that. Is that we do legitimately after a lot of our shows say like, wow, we've, I feel, we we always feel buzzing. Mm-hmm. We feel like we're doing something worthwhile, obviously, and mm-hmm. um, otherwise we wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't feel like we're doing like a half uh, half hearted show. Um, we feel like we're doing the best that we can do. We feel like that, you know, we, we, I, I always feel after doing this show that I learn stuff. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. And, that, and it, which is the whole point we hope when you listen to this show is that, mm-hmm. um, and I, I would say on reflection, um, and I probably would summarize this at the end of this show, um, when we finish at two o'clock, is that the thing that I'm really, really proud of that makes me feel like I should keep doing this. Not only for my own personal gain, but for the feeling I get, because hopefully people that listen to this feel the same way. Because if I do, there's a good chance other people do. Mm-hmm. Is that how many times in regular conversation that stuff comes up, mental health related or just life related, yeah. and I say we've done it on the show. Mm-hmm. I just and I, and you know you deserve huge credit for that because you're the person who does the booking. But obviously we talk about stuff outside of the guests mm-hmm. as well. But the guests influence a lot of the time what yeah, we talk yeah, about. Um, so you deserve credit for that. Um, so yeah, I, I that that's my I'm really proud of that because there's so many times where someone goes, I wonder what like um I wonder what bulimia is like or I wonder what um yeah, homelessness yeah, is like and I wonder what it feels like to be alone. I think and, when it um, comes to booking guests, I, I take ver- I take different angles. It's like on the one hand, I, I look at what's going on topically in terms of in the news and what's happening now, and if we can get yeah. someone to talk to regarding this you know get an opinion or get an expert opinion on it then i, I would go out my way to do that but just as what you just said that there's still a lot of areas within i mean we we both have lived experiences whether that whether that makes us experts um it i'll leave to others to decide well, i would like to think we are because you know lived experience is well but there I, are more people who come from a scientific background a charity background a grassroots background that we also like to bring in because they do immense work as well. Yeah. We have become essentially a kind of a signposting show. Yes. Considering what's going on in the area, especially around here in the West End, you know, the cuts and everything. So it's vital that we point people in the right direction. Yeah. Um, but yet going back on the phone thing, so I think we, we've expanded the possibility of on who we can talk to. It's not just about who can make to the studio or who can't. So, you know, probably one of the it's biggest... It's expanded ones. from the northeast. essentially. Yeah. We're now a nationwide show so if you in too, terms of guests. So yeah. I was making a little list here, just as we're talking about some of the people we talk to. I think, you know, um, Tracy Rogers, who um, lost her son to suicide through debt, mm-hmm. who recently had the, uh, the the docudrama made about her son, um, Jerome, uh, killed by my debt. Uh, that, was still, yeah. it, that was very much in the zeitgeist. It was trending on Twitter, and I felt privileged to talk yeah. to her about that. Yeah. Going back onto the football aspect, you know, our, our, our beloved club. Um, so we had the opportunity to talk to um, the chairman of the Disability Association, what they do, the club is doing around mental mm-hmm. health, things like sensory rooms for autistic uh, supporters yep. and uh, anxious uh, people with anxiety. I think that's brilliant to listen to. 
music we've had live in this studio. Yeah, I think this new studio uh, uh, delivers acoustics wonderfully. Yeah, I, I remember two in particular. I mean, the one we just Steve, had, yeah, Simon, yeah. Simon, yeah, Simon yeah. was brilliant. And Steve, uh, um, gone back a couple of shows. Um, yeah, I'm just yeah. I mean, <laughs> we're based in the Beacon, and, and I'm, not, I'm not you know to. Um, and we are a Beacon. Of yes, hope. that's what I was going to say. <laughs> oh God! Because you know, <laughs> I think given our both are, we we both have diagnosed conditions, and and it is cha- we do live challenging lives. Yep. And I think the year we, we've had quite a challenging year, both of us. You know, you become a dad. You know, we both had to care for our our mums through mm-hmm. various different things. Yep. So it's nice to know that in the background we have this 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 thing that's becoming more and more renowned now. When when I get more guests in to me now when I book them, oh yeah, mentally sound, I've heard of them, and that's quite a buzz when you get that re- uh, reaction. Um, it's also nice as well that I think that our nets expanding because people yeah. who have been on sale, the people who the clients of theirs yeah, have heard yeah, us, yeah. of us, which yeah. is the whole point. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, but the, the, the next stage is not only that they've heard of us, but they regularly listen because mm-hmm. they might, you know, catch the odd show mm-hmm. here or there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, but like, um, I think that's what gives us a little bit of genuineness about ourselves is because we don't just do this for like, the, for, you know, the notoriety, com- the notoriety, if there's any notoriety at all, comes from the fact yeah. that we just do the show because we think it's important to mm-hmm. do, as opposed to, you know, because there's too many. I mean, this is a, this is a, a rant for another show but because we know we don't have time to do it now but the 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 thing i'm going to say is there's so much in the world now about click click baiting as in just um do something outrageous or embarrassing or have hardly any clothes on and get how would you define click baiting um um, as in making an outrageous claim that might not even be it because clickbaiting is like making an outrageous like statement or headline Mm -hmm. that may be truthful or not but that's irrelevant to that to whoever makes the article just to get people to click on it to make them angry to make them like angry and have an emotional reaction there's a lot of mainstream um stations and tv that fall into that trap just to as long as we you know just to create the taboo because you know once you create a hullabaloo and obviously you have more people clicking and therefore, you know, advertising revenue. And That's all that the reason, all, yeah, the only I, reason they I do feel, it. I find that way too... Because I can summarise it really basically. To me it's unethical. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. it definitely is. Um, I would summarise it like this, that the word report doesn't exist anymore in, in, med- in yeah. media. And what I mean by that is, the word report means mm-hmm. to just say what's happened. Mm-hmm. Whereas now... It's an opinionated yeah, news. Yeah. So what I mean by that is, is that the person who's writing it wants to voice what their mm-hmm. opinion is, which is mm-hmm. all well and good. Mm-hmm. But we need to have in the world an, an, an unopinionated mm-hmm. thing because I even think BBC News falls into this trap mm-hmm. because it's, it says that it's it says that it's unbiased in, or, or impartial, yeah, not, but no. they never are. The they never are um, because they all they do. They, Often a lot of people they they hire are, are people of like. They've had like shares in weird um, yeah. uh, companies, which 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 had a, a biased, a very biased yeah. opinion on certain things. I also feel social media has a lot to what you just said there, because essentially, I mean, I don't want to downgrade journalism, but journalism is journalism is a hugely uh, important job and hard. Yes, yeah. but I think there's too many of us to go around thinking that we are journalists because we have a we're tapped into social media, therefore we can get our opinions aired quite readily. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also we have we have we, we carry around um essentially uh, phones which can take pictures so we're, we're almost like walking photojournalists now aren't we so we can take a picture put a story to it and therefore 
and val- and have our own opinion without ever looking yeah, at the and facts. That, yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, exactly. We don't put any we don't put any effort into finding it's out. It's too what instantaneous, really, and it downgrades yeah, yes. the proper view of what journalism yes. is really about. Yeah, the research and everything. That yeah, goes and finding that. and getting to the heart of what really happened. Exactly, yeah. Because the clickbaiting is also. I just want to know what happened mm. in the most minuscule, le- least time-consuming way, yeah. so I can put it in a nice little box to go. Yeah. Oh, I know what exactly. happened in that. Exactly. And then when you t- tell somebody the real thing about what happened. They go. The horrible thing that happens now is they see it and go, "Well, that's not true. I saw it in an article. I you know saw it in an article." I've just heard like, of a new terminology and yeah. shoot me down if you think this is weird. But you know, you have like fast food, you have fast fashion. Yeah, it, it, do they, this is like fast journalism. It, it is. That's exactly what it is. That's yeah. how I would put it. It's fast journalism, but mm-hmm. it's like it, there's no credence behind it much yep. because it, we live in this instantaneous, sort of like, fast-paced world, and we think, "Yeah, let's." It's out there, and and, and to, to to the person reading it. It's like okay, I must download this now, and therefore that's what it is. Yeah. Without doing your own. Well, mm-hmm. hang on. Let me spend. Let me take some time out and actually look at this more broadly and spend a bit. Also, of time look at the opposing argument because yeah. what, if you read one article, you're only ever going to read if yeah. it's an opinionated piece. You're only going to ever hear mm-hmm. what they have to say about it. Mm-hmm. Read an opposite opposing view and go. Do I act? Mm-hmm. What do I actually? Who do I actually believe here? Because uh, uh, again, it's passive opinions as well. I'm just going to. I'm, pu- I'm writing down fast journalism because I'm going to patent it. You know. Just yeah, <laughs> fast journalism yeah. is the thing. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to end on before because we're going to take a break now and then we're going to do mental health news now uh, for mm-hmm. the second hour because we just hit one o'clock. So we're going to play some ads now in a second. But I just wanted to be clear because uh, what Ricky brought up and we 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 um, crowbarred into something else was the. I liked what you said, but I also think there's an asterisk to be made um, at the point when you said about being experts. Because I think the thing that we do really well, which is an opposing view to what we're talking about with fast journalism, is we work really, really hard to get people on this show mm-hmm. who work with people who have yeah. whatever illness we want to mm-hmm. talk about or disorder or mm-hmm. problem or mm-hmm. issue or mm-hmm. um, social problem or moral and ethical issues. Well, that was the original remit, wasn't it? Yes. About getting service users and... and yeah, that but it's not even that, but like professionals who, yeah. who do that and like... Mm-hmm. And, and But also, yeah, and having people who actually have experienced it on. Mm-hmm. So when we say experts, I, I, I'm reluctant for us to say that we are that, but what we mm-hmm. are good at is signposting, like you said, that we are a signposting show. We signpost to people... Mm-hmm. Who know more about it than us do, which means we end up knowing more, which means the people listening know more. And I think that's that's the remit that we've worked yeah. really hard to achieve. Um, and I think we do a really really good job of that because mm-hmm. it's not a case of me because what we could what would be lazy for me and Ricky to do. Um, I think it's a good way of summarising. I'm going to take a break now. Is we me and Ricky could just sit here like we are now and talk like this about every subject matter we can think of and in regards world, to mental put health, the world to right and yeah. then just say, "Well, we know what we're talking about because yeah. me and him are sitting here and we're p- putting the time in." Mm-hmm. But it's far, far better yeah, to have yeah, a guest on exactly. because it's another person. It makes us critically think about the situation, and they know more about it than we do, most exactly, likely. Because when you um, said when we walk away from a show, uh, we walk away feeling buzzed. I think that's that's part of it. It's because we we come away and learn something. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I feel like um, I'm not living in like an ignorance bubble yeah. of that. I want, uh, and we're in. We've created an environment where we can say to somebody like, with mm-hmm. like when that guy came on who had bulimia, going, so what's it like to have bulimia yeah. for a person who for a guy? Mm-hmm. You know, because everyone portrays it as that it's only a, a female illness, mm-hmm. and he talked about how difficult that was. And we've had people on who have talked about all sorts of unbelievably hard mm-hmm. situations, and um, you know, gambling addiction, debt. Yeah, universal credit issues, money. Oh, you've said you know. it. Yeah, <laughs> oh, the, the, the magic word. Yeah, um, I just feel that whenever that that word used, we should yeah, have a trapdoor. Yeah, yeah, Whoa! yeah, yeah. 
the phone the phone rings. Hello, this is your Majesty. Um, you you will you will cease talking about uh, it being rubbish. Um, I'm sure she, I, I think the Majesty thinks the same thing. But there you go. Um, I'm sure she does. Yeah, I'm sure she did when she gave a Christmas speech. Yeah, yeah. sitting next to a golden piano. Yeah, I yeah. I don't know if you saw that on social. No, I didn't. No, I never saw the uh, speech this year. Yeah. Um, I'm not really bothered. But there you go. Anyway, so we're going to take some breaks right now, because uh, just after one o'clock, so we'll be back to do mental health news, so where we talk about the mental health news that has happened in the last week, because we were on last week, because of the technical issues of two weeks ago. Um, so we did talk and do a little bit of mental health news last week, but we've got a little bit more, and obviously anything else that we can crowbar in. And then, uh, like Ricky said earlier, we have a phone interview with the British Red Cross at half one. Um, so we'll take a break then and uh, it'll be on just after half one we'll be talking to them so we do have one guest uh, scheduled for today Um, but yeah we'll be back right after these messages uh, and a song and uh, we'll be back with mental health news right after this sick of the same old radio sound (sighs) then you need vibrant radio spice up your life spice fm 98.8 fm The Glasses Factory has arrived on West Road in Newcastle. To celebrate the opening of our new flagship store, The Glasses Factory are offering free eye tests, plus a £5 voucher for each eye test conducted. The Glasses Factory are always here to help. We have multilingual assistants in Punjabi and Urdu, and also both male and female attendants. See for yourself. The Glasses Factory, 498 Westgate Road, Newcastle. Call 0191-273-8460. Log on at Glasses factory.co.uk or search us out on Facebook. Have you heard about the latest wedding and events venue in town? The New Bridge Hotel in the heart of Newcastle City Centre is now available for Asian weddings, celebrations and events. The New Bridge Hotel's newly refurbished Granger Suite has a capacity of up to 400 guests. And the Tyne Suite is the perfect setting for a welcome drinks reception. We are fully equipped for your choice of caterer to work from our kitchens. And we'll also provide all your crockery, cutlery, glassware and linen. The New Bridge Hotel, New Bridge Street, Newcastle, offering a unique, unforgettable experience for your big day. For more information, get in touch with our dedicated wedding coordinator on 0191 250 5400 or email sales at the 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, Spice FM 98.8 FM.
I was just saying to Ricky, um, as that uh, song's fading out, I don't even know why I put that song on. I'm not a fan of Girls Aloud at all. Uh, but that was Not Tonight Santa by Girls Aloud. And obviously, um, welcome back to Mentally Sound for our second hour. Uh, we're here till 2pm. Um, this is a mental health show where we talk about all things mental health. But it is our review show of 2018. Um, it'll also be on my podcast as well. I should have mentioned this at the beginning. Um, so it's kind of just a summary of the whole year of doing shows really because Ricky's been in, um, involved in quite a lot of Geek Apocalypse uh, shows that I've done too um, so yeah just a summary um, of but particularly obviously because we're on the uh, here on Spice to talk about Mentally Sound and so we've been reminiscing about past interviews and stuff that we've been really proud of and sort of our, our behind the scenes look at mental health and Mentally Sound and, to, and the process of doing this show and what it means to us and whatnot. and it's just been fun to, to sort of reminisce and think about um the, about doing the show and why it matters to us and all that kind of stuff. So I'm, um, uh, I think we're do, I think we're doing a good job if we if we can be objective about it. But I'm um, mm-hmm. obviously the people who listen are the um are the are the judge and jury. So hopefully um and people do apparently. Do I mention the social media? I yes, yeah, that's what I was about to do. Is that yeah? So um, I haven't mentioned throughout the show, which I should have done at the beginning, is if you do want to contact us, um, I have um. Our Twitter handle up at the minute, which is at underscore mentally sound. So if you tweet us right now, I can uh, read it. So if you've got any questions to us about our review show, um, a question directly to me or Ricky, um, you know, maybe a subject matter you want us to talk about within the next hour, um, feel free to to do that. Um, and obviously, you just want to even say like Merry Christmas or Happy New Year, whatever you want. Um, I mean, if you, it's a free country. If you want to abuse us as well, that's totally, you should, <laughs> totally you your should call. Tweet the listeners your jumper. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. This is what Haley got me. I was uh, Oh, um, is that a bit? Uh, yeah, Christmas it was a gift. Christmas gift. Oh, nice. Um, so the reason for that is because uh, Haley got a Christmas jumper because she's quite into like getting Christmassy things. Because okay. um, she's been making Luna like wear you know Christmas dresses for when we go <laughs> everywhere, which is cute. Um, I, 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 she actually is winning me over. Um, because I, I, I was a bit Ebenezer Scroogey about Christmas, as you know, because you've known me quite well now. And uh, yeah, so I, I kind of like I was half serious. Um, but half, like half annoyed, but half like you know, just being silly about it. Where I was like, "Why? Like, how come everyone's got like a Christmas jumper and I haven't got a Christmas jumper?" I'm like, that, "That's just not right." And then she actually went the next couple of days to ASDA and then uh, messaged me, going, "What? What jumper would you like?" And I was just like, "Oh, I'm actually getting a jumper. That's really sweet." Um, I so could have got I you one. one. I could have got you one from work, actually. Yeah, oh, really? really so. That's yeah. cool. 
Um, yeah, so um, she gave me a bunch of ones, and actually there was like a Star Wars Christmas jumper. I just have the one. Um, and I, Sa- yeah. Santa is a Jodie, I thought. Oh, cool. <laughs> okay. I'll just pick this because it looked amusing. It's got, um, basically, to subscribe to the audience because you can't see this, is um, I've got a Santa with like a bobble, which is actual, an actual bobble sewn onto the jumper, and he's wearing just a pair of sunglasses because I just think it looks it looks silly, and that's obviously really <laughs> up my street because I'm a silly person in general, so... Um, uh, no argument uh, here. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, well, I'm, I'm not lying, am I? Um, you know, I'm not lying to our audience. Just to mention, um, we're on Facebook and uh, Instagram yes. as oh, well. Yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah, and that's also obviously where you. Can oh, do they? What's they can WhatsApp us as well, can't they? Is there? Um, I believe so. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether that actually works anymore because of the. Um, no, I just can't. What happened there? I can't hear myself. Can you? Hello. It's my mic field. Hello? Hmm. I don't know. I, feel, I sound weird. I sound echoey in, okay. in my headphones. Maybe, hopefully, it's just the headphones that fail. Um, because I could I could hear myself fine before, so I don't think it is the, the, the microphone. It's probably just the headphones. All right. Headphones are a bit weird. Okay. Hello? Hello? <laughs> anyway, I'm just going to assume everything's fine because it sounds fine to me. Um, okay. Anyway, but yeah, I just mm-hmm. suddenly got a bit weird in my headphones. But anyway, so... Um, uh, is it possible to use any of the headphones? Or I don't know. I mean, what I could do is maybe use the other microphone and turn it around. Um, that might be not a bad shout. Because it just sounds like I'm not uh, loud enough. Do you want me to swing uh, it round? Yeah, if you could just swing it round. Uh, oh, no, hang on. I sound, I sound normal again. What just happened? <laughs> Hello? Yeah, I'm back okay oh. now again. If I did go off there for a second, I don't know why that was. Um, okay. But um, there was something weird going on. Uh, I just sounded like... It sounded like my mic just failed for a second because I was just sounding echoey. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't the microphone wasn't on. That was very weird. Anyway, sorry about that. Welcome back if you... These gremlins. Yeah, I know. Could leave us alone even at Christmas. That's the second time they've got us. It like I was on helium or something. Yeah. Uh, it, it felt weird. It was weird. Or like I was like a, in a faraway distant land going, hello. Well, that, that wouldn't be far off the mark uh, either, would it? Yeah. So that was weird. I had to say hello, hello. With no, <laughs> I was like, I just realised that was actually a silly thing to say because no one actually in the audience can go, hello, I can hear you. It's great. Yeah, was like, that, that was a metaphorical uh, trap door because you mentioned universal credit before. I know, it? yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, metaphorical and real. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so um, so what were we talking about? Sorry, before that uh, happened, I've lost my train. Hey, what are they still able to use WhatsApp to get in touch with us? Oh yes, uh, as far as I know, the um, number is oh seven eight eight one nine eight eight nine eight eight, and uh, the what's there is a WhatsApp thing open, but I'm not sure whether okay. um, we actually are using it or not. <laughs> um, but we'll we'll um, we'll see. And um, the Facebook pages are mentally sound. Facebook Many sound radio show, yeah. Radio show, yeah. yeah. That's it, yeah. Because I'm not a huge Facebook user, as people know, so. Um, and you can get the links to the show on there, can't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. All so, the podcasts are on there. Yeah, so that's uh, a good way of uh, seeing the show if you don't like and If you're not an iTunes or something user, mm. that's probably the easiest way to, to listen to the show. Um, anywho, so yeah, so, so yeah, so as I said, it's a, this is a, a review show of all the stuff that we've done, particularly this year, 2018. And so what we just thought we'd do, because one of the things that, because of the amount of guests that we've had, we've been sort of fallen by the wayside in doing mental health news. Mm-hmm. So we thought it would be um, fun to do a mental health news segment before we have our phone interview at half two. So yeah, so mental health news is a section where Ricky does a, a little um, some research on the news segments that have been uh, making the headlines in most of the time in relation to mental health and we usually sometimes with the guests but obviously it'll just be me and Ricky uh, talking about this for this particular episode about the news segments and just what our thoughts are and opinions about something that has happened in the news in the last fortnight or in this case in the last week or so because we did this last week because we because the show was last week as well 
So yeah, so there's my love news with Ricky Lemon. <laughs> we, I'm about to say my New Year's goal should be to do a jingle for jingle, you. Yeah, yeah, so it should be fun. I should uh, do my best uh, Trevor McDonald impression yeah. or something. Yeah, it should just go do 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 like some sort of like really over dramatic music, and it's like it's it's one o'clock. Just a quick anec- a quick anecdote on uh, Trevor McDonald. I was in a cab not that long ago, and. Um, the driver said, "Oh, Trevor McDonald was recently up here to do a, like a crime documentary thing, and and he, he I might have watched that. And he was the one that was assigned to pick him up from from either the station or the airport or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he was he was debating with me as to what to call him. Like, do I call him Sir Trev? Because you know he's like a sir now. He's like yeah. OB or something. And uh, and in the end, when I saw him after, I said, did you decide what to 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 go 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 and buy like name wise?" And he just went, I'll read Sir Trev. <laughs> just like that. So, like, that was his. Uh... He wanted to do it all, uh, you know, low key. Yeah. <laughs> low key, like his mate. Yeah. You know, right, you know, right, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing. Like, trigger. Yeah. Um, anyway, cool, so. <laughs> all right, um, James. So, yeah, yeah, all right, Dave. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so, uh, first bit of news um, Japan, which I, I don't think it's, 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 it's a country we've mentioned before on, on mental health news. If okay. you remember, like, in particular. Um, do you remember like the the forest, the the, the suicide forest, and that that YouTuber oh, guy course, got in trouble? Yeah. Yes, because he did, he did, he made a joke about yeah. it, didn't he? Yeah. And Japan, uh, I think it does suffer um, a huge crisis among suicide in, in young young men, as well as places in the West, especially here. So um, I hope I pronounced this correctly. Um, Hikikikimori, right? Um, now that's the Japanese name for being withdrawn from public life, specifically amongst young men. Okay. So this new scheme, um, something called Rental Sisters. Now what this is, it's like, uh, <laughs> it's where, it's basically sisters for hire. And yeah. what they do is, they, they go out to, to these isolated young guys and actually coax them out of their like bedrooms and get them back into public life. So they do that by, you know, Talk, even even just basically like talking to them through the door, uh, inviting them out to lunch, um, you know, working on like improving their houses, just anything to get them normalizing and whatever normalizing. Help their well-being and, and help them not be isolated. Yeah, yeah. That's just not a bad idea. Yeah. It's not a bad it's idea. Just term rental sisters, you know, kind of. I mean, I'm assuming by the term the main rent that is in is you pay for it, yeah, essentially. I'm so, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, so it's essentially paying for someone to be like your personal well-being assistant, yeah. you know, kind of, you know, almost like a personal trainer, but for your brain. But this like the term, you know, terminology life. rental sisters. Yeah. I think that's interesting. I think. Yeah, it is. I mean, like, yeah, because it could be misinterpreted, I guess. That's what but, I mean. Um, so um, when I looked at it, I think it deserved more, um, yeah, you know. Uh, it's, it's a, that's insight. interesting. Whether it would work, I'm not sure. But, I mean, whether it would be, like, a work as in, like, be, like, you know, a, a, a thing that they could implement for everyone or something. But um, it's it's very similar to, you know, because we've had it on this show. I mean, obviously, because we're reminiscing about guests we've had on. Mm-hmm. It's about, like, you know, how they do, you know, people who do, like, plants for, you know, plant work and... There was that pe- there was that company that did opera singing where the yeah. person went and did opera singing in yeah, the yeah, yeah, room, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. just to give them yeah. something to be better about. And yeah. um, I think that's kind of taken off. I think in terms of you know people just feeling better about themselves, getting some bit sort of, of a, a service at your doorstep yeah. to try and coax you or whatever. I mean, I just hope you might be in. I yeah. just hope because I know how depression and stuff works. If the you know if people are being socially isolated and they're healthy enough mm. to do other things, then it's obviously it's some sort of mental health depression. Mm type thing mm-hmm. is that I hope it doesn't come across to people as that they're buying friends 
Yeah. You know, like, you know, this whole thing of, like, buying love and acceptance and stuff, mm-hmm. because that can... I think that would be the only drawback I could think of, because mm-hmm. that's not, like, a realistically... It's not a genuine mm-hmm. concern, mm-hmm. you know, because if they're paying for it, mm-hmm. they may generally be concerned because it's their job, like carers are, but carers don't have the same... Just enough point of that, because I think we're both thinking the same thing as whether something like that would work here, but do you think there's something about... If, you, if you're particularly looking at young men... Is there something about using females for for that role in terms of like hmm. communicate and get them out? Interesting. I didn't look at it that way. But I only, yeah. I, I only, I'm only interested because when I look back at, towards my 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 counselling and my um, psychotherapy and even my GP, I've always responded more towards female um, professionals in that respect. I, I'm not. I don't think that's the same about everyone. My in my whatever it is, my yeah. my stumble. It's just sort of like how it's been maybe it's the motherly aspect of it is that the instinct thing that probably gets more out of me that's not to say i wouldn't say no to anyone you know my counselor for years was a male and he was great you know just yeah i don't know um that's an very interesting question and i'm trying to like process what i think about that because i never looked at it that way but i can sort of see what you're saying Mm -hmm. um and obviously because it's called sisters it's obviously the female orientated in terms of the people that are helping Mm -hmm. And maybe it probably is the whole motherly thing of just that they're like they'd be more accepting than like you know. But if it was like a guy, maybe they would look at it as stereotypically like almost being in the army or something because yeah, they'd be like in the, the army. Because I think in Japanese society, is it sort of in a way kind of regimented? So maybe older men, older men that you meant to look up to, are the more regimented. Possibly. Age, so maybe they respond um, better to Yeah, it. possibly. Yeah. Uh, maybe yeah. I think that's probably the stereotype they're working on. But yeah. you would like to think, though. I mean, I'm glad it is. In- the reason I say it's interesting that you said that because I guess the the double standard is the you know you 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 wouldn't have probably like rental brothers because that would sound a bit weird. Mm. And I, I think like the, the 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 connotations are double standard in that it wouldn't be the same thing, and there'd be less mm. interest in that. But also, I would say the double standard, to be fair to males, because this this drives me up the wall all the time, because I talked about this in a previous show about how, you know, with parenting, all the focus is on, on all the focus is if the mother is okay. Like, in pregnancy, pregnancy that makes sense. But if you're in a loving relationship with a partner, because we have had trying situations because it is really, really tiring and hard work, etc., 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 um, is that they, they they don't really care about what I agree the doing. the peer support amongst males needs to be resurrected because it's ultimately that that I I, I think within this this the, the Japanese culture of it is is that maybe they don't have that male peer support yeah. which is why they're going through a different angle like this so and maybe, why they're yeah. looking at it yeah. as a problem and, yeah. and rectifying yeah. it that way I I yeah I see what you're saying yeah. I I guess but you make dad, a good point you know yeah. you reference this like dad Lasol chat we had yeah. Amongst dads, yeah. so it's among, essentially males, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. But also the, the the point I was getting at is that I would hope because if you want to be in a balanced relationship, it isn't about being male or female. It's mm. about being balanced to each other. So yeah. whatever relationship you're in, because mm. it you know that it it seems to me that would be an offensive thing to say it in a gay relationship. You know, like to say, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. you know, well, you know, not, neither of you are female, so none of you can handle <laughs> anything. So it's like, I mean, that's silly. Mm-hmm. Just as much as a lesbian relationship, it's like you need a man to be happy, whatever yeah. it may be. Yeah. I um, so I'm not a fan of that because, mm. you know, as much as, as I say it's a double standard mm-hmm. that it seems to exist in society that, mm-hmm. you know, because I guess my point is, you know, I think about my daughter or I think about Haley, and I go, so if I was in a situation where, like, if you asked, if we, you know, 
to took took Healy to one side and said like, you know, I would hope her answer would be the following or something on the lines of, you know, yeah, Stephen's there for me just as much as I want to be there for him, mm-hmm. and therefore it's a balanced relationship. So as I say, it's nothing mm-hmm. to do with being male or female. Mm-hmm. You know, I. I I don't want it to be that my contribution doesn't mean anything. So I mm-hmm. think that's the, my problem with that connotation mm-hmm. because it's like implying that a guy, like what if my daughter is needing help mm-hmm. and everyone goes, like, so I'm in the room and a person mm-hmm. goes, have you got Haley's number? Because we want to ring her mother to deal with this because mm-hmm. you can't handle it, like kind of thing. And you do get that, uh, Ricky, to be honest. Um, the thing that I'm saying in reference to double standards and quite offensive remarks is that when we were talking about something in hospital, mm-hmm. they would disregard the husband mm-hmm. or partner, whatever, I'm not a husband, but I'm just saying the partner, I'm just saying husband in a sort of generalistic sense, like the partner, they would ignore them, explain it to the mother, yeah. and then when a, rem- like a remedial task comes up, like something that's like sort of trivially like, you know, well, some shelves need to be put up, well, yeah. well he can take care of that. Yeah. And I'm like, well, no, I want to be, I want to be fifty-fifty and everything. Mm-hmm. That's what I think makes sense now, mm-hmm. and I'm, and I want to go. It's the tw- you, you do f- find yourself wanting to go. Mm-hmm. It's the twenty-first century, mm-hmm. um, you know, because mm-hmm. her, da- you know, her dad, my dad, never mm-hmm. did any nappies. It was all like con- he was all looked at as a, it was the woman's responsibility to, mm-hmm. to to look after the child, mm-hmm. you know. But I've, I've, I've probably say it's about fifty-fifty in terms of me, you know. Um, Look at you know changing my daughter and um, you know all that all sort of stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm just saying I hope people listening to this and whatever, even though it's called that, that we don't look at it as a society is that like only women can handle people in distress. Yeah, because men can. I've done that. We've done that with our moms and all that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. you know, men aren't useless people who can just you know put up shelves and you know mm-hmm. don't talk about the emotions anymore. That's what I hope we try and um, mm-hmm. you know solve doing the show. Mm-hmm. So. That's what I think. Next news item. So again, something. Well, this is from from the faraway place of Japan. We're <laughs> we're now back here locally because oh, okay. back in the autumn, this made the national news actually. But um, United there was a United Nations um, special rapporteur um, by the name of Philip um, Philip Alston, who uh, I think is Belgian, but and he came over to do a poverty report of the of the UK, and he actually visited the West End Food Bank, who we've had on a couple oh, of times. Oh, really? Okay. Um, so he, yeah, his, his interestings were, let's say, very interesting, but at the same time not surprising. Particularly as you know, yourself and me know about what it's like round here, especially in um, regarding the cuts and austerity and people on food banks, universal credit, etc., etc. And so he's quoted in his report as saying, you know, that Newcastle is is you know the uh, it suffered most of all in terms of other areas, in terms of austerity impact, and particularly regards to the food bank. He says, you know, um, the poorest families shouldn't have to to fall into places like the food bank. You know, whilst he rightly um, um, praises the food bank for what they're doing, um, it's the government that should should provide the safety net. And uh, you know, just very road. very recently, just you know, I think you know we're reviewing the year, so it's like a yearly. Um, re- review in, in in food bank usage has gone up, uh, you know, into nearly ten percent. So, um, I remember I remember Billy Connolly saying this, and it's so true in such a brilliant, basic way. So, can I just say something yeah. before you go on? Because mm-hmm. uh, I just found out this like you literally this morning. 
The I Daniel Blake has been shown on BBC One in January. Oh, great! BBC Two, or BBC Two, or BBC One in January. Oh, cool! So those who haven't seen it, they get a chance there. So oh, it's okay. like one of the early weeks. I think ninth or something. Okay, I'll yeah. make sure to watch it. But yeah, um, v- based around the food bank and and you yes. know, like um, and we've we've covered that. We're kicking mobility tests and all that stuff, you know, and, and you know this. Yeah, we've covered that on this yeah. show a yeah. lot. So yeah. So you're um, saying Billy Conley? Yeah. So um, he said about governments because you were saying about the government should you know mm. um, help people in you know food situations and all that kind of thing mm-hmm. billy Connolly says in all the countries that he's like visited you know because he's doing his other like world tour thing that's coming on the, the, the tv it might have already been on but i know it was on over christmas and he did like loads of world tours and stuff and i saw him in an interview once summarized it by gordon he's like what did you find going mm-hmm. to these places and he says the government never represents people the way that it should be mm-hmm. and he basically summarized it by going um, the government should do what the people ask them to do, not the government tells the people how things should be. Yeah. yeah. And unfortunately, in a lot, a lot of countries that you go to, the government dictates how people should behave, which is not mm. how it works. Mm-hmm. The government should respond to what people want. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, and I think they misconstrue that with because obviously sometimes what people want, particularly mm-hmm. my, you know minority groups or something who will like go they want anarchy or whatever. Mm-hmm. You've obviously got to maintain order sometimes and not agree to everything that everybody wants, but you can't pigeonhole that to mean that you got to treat everybody the same way. So you got to like you know not be like wary of the like risk factor of giving people choices choices on what they can. How, how is Billy these days? Because I mean, Parkinson's um, and uh, I, I was cu- you know it's, cu- it's funny you said that because I was curious as to whether he recorded that like this yeah. this thing that's on TV. That's what whether, I was wondering like, about. Did yeah. he record it ages ago yeah. or did he record yeah. recently? Yeah. Um, sorry, I'll just turn that off for a second because that's our guest. Um, so we need to actually take a break and answer that. So. Um, <laughs> So anyway, so yeah, so anyway, Billy Connolly is awesome, and uh, yeah, so that's our phone interview. So I'm gonna like pause now because we're on the we're gonna we're gonna do this um, thing now. So we're gonna take a break. I'm gonna play the half past ads, and then we'll be right back with the British Red Cross on the phone now. So we're gonna take a break. Um, didn't realize it was half half one already. Okay, let's play some ads, and we'll be right back with this phone interview right after this. For the community, by the community. Spice FM, Spice FM will be celebrating Mohammed Rafi's birthday once again on Christmas Eve this year from 11 to 2. Join the oldest gold host Masood with a selection of Rafi's greatest hits. Welcome to your Community Announcement Answer Machine. To broadcast your Community Announcement on Spice FM free of charge, call 0191273988. Select Option 3 and record your message. No more messages. Sick of the same old radio sound? (sighs) Then you need Vibrant Radio. Spice up your life. Spice FM, 98.8 FM. You know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen. But do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. 
had a very shiny nose And if you ever saw it You would even say it glows All of the other reindeer Used to laugh and call him names They never let poor Rudolph Join in any reindeer game Then one foggy Christmas Eve Santa came to say Rudolph, with your nose so bright Won't you guide my sleigh tonight? Then how the reindeer loved him As they shouted out with glee Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer You'll go down in history Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer The other reindeer used to laugh and call him names. They never let poor Rudolph join in any reindeer game. Then one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa came to stay. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? Then how the reindeer loved him. As they shouted out with glee, Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer, you'll go down in history. You'll go down in history. A really nice festive edition there for Mentally Sound on Spice FM 98.8 FM. Thank you so much uh, for tuning in to this edition of our review of 2018. Uh, we're having a really, really nice time uh, talking about a few things, and obviously that was Rudolph the Red Nose. Reindeer by Burl Ives. I think that's how you say it. Mm-hmm. I actually know how I did that song, but that's what it says on the database, whether that's mm-hmm. correct or not. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> but I just thought it was a nice sort of like upbeat upbeat song, because, I mean, you got to say, even though you get annoyed at Christmas songs, because I'm, ter- I'm terribly annoyed by Slade now, because I just hear it a million times. Oh, I'm not. I'll tell you, oh. well, <laughs> I, I am annoyed by a certain someone who shouts the, it's Christmas, I think you know who I might mean. Um, I actually don't. You, you talk, we talked before about people over here going to America and doing... Oh, James Corden. Yeah, okay. All oh, right. Uh, that was just a guess. It's just a, when you said I really don't like him, that's my, who I go to these days. It's, just, it's like yeah. um, <laughs> it's it's the Dave Channel and they preview like Gavin and Stacey and they oh, always show God. you that clip of him shouting. And, and oh, I'm like, oh, okay. don't. Uh, I'm I'm like trying to get in the festive spirits and you yeah. Know, Give me Noddy Holder, don't give me him anyway. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So even though we are doing a review show and we've been talking about interviews uh, over the past 2018 here on Spice, I'm delighted to say we have a guest, uh, a phone interview, because actually they were supposed to be on the show, was it last week? Or uh, They would love to, but but yeah. yeah just it, it was going to be one of our replacements, yeah. but they very kindly agreed to Yeah, so they kind of um, agreed to go on now. So I'm delighted to say who's joining us on the phone, and hopefully she, she can hear us okay, is uh, Rosie Fewings, who is the community connector at the British Red Cross in Newcastle. Hello, Rosie. Can you hear her? Hi. Yeah. Great. Um, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, you can't hear Hi. her? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe your headphones aren't working. Um. Hmm. Do you want to try the other head? Try yeah, sure. flick over the other one. Yeah. Sorry, um, Rosie, you've got a bit of technical issue. Ricky can't hear you, so we're just trying to see if it's a if it's a headphone issue. Can you hear her? Now? Can you hear her now? No. No, oh, that's weird. Um, I'm not sure how to solve that. <laughs> I guess maybe I can translate to you or something. Yeah, or oh, oh. um, hmm. two sex, Rosie, because um, obviously R- R- uh, Ricky will have to hear you somehow. 
So we're going okay. to see what the issue is. Oh, that's not plugged in. That's why. Um, hmm. I'm not actually sh- I'm not actually sure how that's going to plug in, Ricky, because it needs to have a dual lead here. Um, I'm gonna have to just I'm gonna have to just maybe try. Um, can you hear Ricky? Can, um, Ricky, just say something in the microphone. And hello, can hello, say, hello. Can, Rosie, can you hear him when when he yeah. speaks? Okay, so you're gonna have to ask a question, and I'm gonna have to translate the okay, answer. That's, that's the only way this is gonna work. So anyway, Rosie, I'll ask you some questions anyway, and we'll get around it. So so we had the headphones on plugged in for some reason and the other things, but anyway. Um, so anyway, Rosie, thank you so much for joining us. Um, on the show, I really appreciate it. Um, so I guess first of all, when we said when I said to introduce you that you are the community connector for British Red Cross. Can you um, describe what that means? Um, yeah, so um, I um, so the Connecting Communities um, service was set up in like 40 different areas of the UK um, and so I, I coordinate the project in Newcastle um, and it's a project for anyone that might be lonely or isolated um, to try and help them um, sort of get back into activities Okay, um, that sounds that sounds interesting. Um, so, um, is the British Red Cross? I, as far as I understand it, is actually not far from the studio. Is that right? Uh, no, I think we're in the building just behind you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, is it a case of that you could? It's a place you can go to um, to get help, or is it just a place that you use like kind of organised stuff? Um, so, the if people want to refer themselves, mm-hmm. um, they can like ring us or. Um, send us an email because mm-hmm. um, we tend to go out and visit people at home mm-hmm. okay so um so when you say refer um it what protect what particular like ailments uh, do you come across in terms of helping people um pretty much anything really um mm-hmm. so um like we work with people that are any age over 18 in newcastle okay um and like yeah, anyone can can refer themselves, really. All right, cool. Um, I think one of the things that obviously um, having you on the show to talk to you about now is obviously being that it's the Christmas um, edition, um, you know, Christmas festive season, um, and obviously that one of the the key issues that people go through is um, social isolation, loneliness. I mean, we talked about on this show a lot about um, being, you know, sort of home, um, the homeless. Um, people obviously you see the ads now with the homeless stuff and that and so I guess uh, what kind of stuff um, could you say to people listening in relation to um, sort of loneliness and social isolation in terms of that problem and how the British Red Cross help people deal with that? Um, so um, what we do is um, we provide 12 weeks of support um, and what we do is we'd meet someone and find out what they'd like to get involved in um, because sometimes people have become isolated quite gradually um, and then they haven't like when when you realize that you've become isolated sometimes it's harder to to um, get out of it so um, we provide 12 weeks of support where we go and meet the person discuss what it was they wanted to do mm-hmm. um, and then work with them to, to try and do that so sometimes it could be like attending a specific group or um, we've worked people before that have been anxious about something and then we've sort of gone with them for a few times to try and help them build up their confidence doing it. Yeah, well, that sounds that sounds wonderful. I mean, considering, you know, the the, the problems that, that, that people have during this period of time, you know, because we talked about um, people having financial difficulties because of the expectations of, you know, getting presents and stuff like that. So it's good that you can, you know, help them in that sense. Um, you know, so do you do um, primarily just like sort of one-on-one stuff or do you encourage people to, you know, gather together to, to do, you know, maybe like, you know, a party or, or a, a gathering to talk about their issues or any of that kind of stuff? 
Yeah, so we do encourage people to gather together. Um, and I know one of my colleagues up in Blythe, so he, he set up different groups um, as well. So he coordinates the service there. Um, and he's got things like a fishing group and a gardening group. Um, and then another one of my colleagues, Barbara down in Durham, she's set up like a lot of tea and coffee mornings um, to try and get people together. Um, and we recently had here a Christmas Day lunch. Mm-hmm. Hi, Rosie. It's uh, Ricky here. I've just joined Stephen at the other side of the desk, so um, <laughs> we're sort of like uh, winging it as a way. But um, my question to you, I mean, it, I mean, it's great that you guys are like based. You have a base here in the West End. I always felt when I think British Red Cross, the people assume sort of a very international organisation, but probably aren't aware of what they do locally. Do you find that sometimes that sort of reaction? Yeah, and a lot of people when I go out and explain to them what we do. And they say sort of they only thought we did things abroad, but sort yeah. of we things in this office all tend to be um, in the local area. Because mm-hmm. it was quite a, it was quite a, it was a pleasant surprise for me because obviously like going on from last uh, Christmas show and I was like you know we we had a couple of cancellations. So I was looking around and I, and I knew that the British Red Cross had something around with loneliness. So um, it's interesting. I was speaking to people in Manchester and people in London, and yet you're just like a few hundred yards away. So that's like even even great um so are there any specific um problems related to the west end that you find um quite challenging maybe to other parts of the city or other parts of the country is there more of a uh, is there more sort of social isolation uh loneliness uh, problems over here um i have found so quite a few people that i've been working with over here have been people that might not necessarily have um English as their first language and okay. um, some of the other things but these are sort of I found them all over the the city are um, sometimes like issues with finances can contribute to loneliness and mm-hmm. um, mental health issues are quite a big factor mm-hmm. um, and just sort of finding it difficult to meet new people um, especially when people are living alone mm-hmm. and um, I, I think you, you kind of sort of touched on it just before there on the end of Steve's question but um, particularly this this time of year, Christmas. I mean, how how worse does it get the isolation issue and social socialized loneliness in general? Um, well, I think because Christmas is such a big thing, um, and it's kind of been made made into such a big thing um, that sometimes people can feel a lot more isolated, mm-hmm. um, and that's one of the reasons why we wanted to do the Christmas Day lunch. Um, just to get people together so they could see other people and have a chat and not not spend it alone because I think on a day like Christmas if you're alone you'll probably um, like be aware of it more yeah. um, than perhaps some of the other days of the year. Yeah, yeah so I imagine um, one of the things that we want to do on this show in relation to what we've just been discussing with you is you know in terms of just general advice Rosie that you would think based on the the job that you do and the job that the British Red Cross do um, if anyone is listening to this show who feels them emotions and feels isolated and alone or you know feels overly stressed because of the, the the time of year that it is and all that sort of stuff what advice do you would you give them in terms of um, you know overcoming that and seeking help and um, so the one of the first thing I'd say is because sometimes when I go out to to see people, they don't necessarily want to like say they're lonely, because um, I think there is still some stigma attached. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the first thing I'd say is that everyone can feel lonely, um, no matter what age they are or no matter what their circumstances are. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing that people can do is they can send us an email to to get referred. Um, so our email address is connectnewcastle 
at redcross.org.uk. Great. Um, or we've got a telephone number as well, mm-hmm. um, which is 0191-273-7961. Great. That's really fantastic. Um, I guess um, you've again something you've already touched on, which is another thing that you know because you said about which is interesting. This English is not their first language, so the term British Red Cross is interesting because it's not just you know British people that you look at, which I know is an obvious statement, but it is fascinating. And I was just curious about in terms of it from an age perspective, as in like what is the do you do you do you deal with people across loads of different age ranges? And I guess. The curiousness, because we're talking about particularly the Christmas period, is there a is there a particular age range that suffers more than than others? Um, in 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 your findings? Um, no, there's not actually. So, okay. um, the youngest person we've worked with has been 18. Okay. Um, and the oldest has been 101. Wow. Um, so it's it, yeah, loneliness, you know, really can affect anyone. Yeah. But just on that, because there is a sort of a an assumption out there when you. Um, reference the name loneliness people maybe automatically think of older people but do do you feel that especially amongst the young uh, maybe because of the digital age that we're in that uh, social media can push people more into loneliness therefore the problem becomes bigger Uh, yeah because i think sometimes social media can um sort of give people false expectations um Mm -hmm. and sort of it can show what people are what other people are doing, but they only put on the positive things. Yeah. Um, so it's very easy to feel that like your friends are all out doing something, and um, when that might not be the case, it might just be the way they've portrayed that. And mm-hmm. um, so I think social media can definitely, definitely contribute to to loneliness. Just looking so at your um, website, so you well. you do, you look at um, so sort of recent events with people, so people who've recently become bereaved. Um, people are retired like new parents and you know just come out of hospital do you therefore like assign a sort of like a maybe sort of like a befriending service there like as steve mentioned before one-to-one or is it more sort of group orientated and so we do we do both um and we're not a befriending service um but we can refer people to befrienders if that's what they want in longer term um but we do we normally start out doing one-to-one work with people um, and then try and find them groups groups and things that they'd like to attend. So then becomes something like peer support can be something that come, comes along later on, something like that. Yeah, and we, we have um, a lot of volunteers that, that go out to, to meet people right. and help us as well. Well, great, Rosie. It seems like it's an absolute fascinating subject matter. And I just thank you for, for agreeing to come on to talk about something because obviously we do assure that we talk about, um, you know, a lot of different things that are, um, hard and not just this time of year because obviously we're a year round show, but it's just thank you for coming on to talk about, you know, the stuff that the British Red Cross does, um, and obviously helping, help, helping with that because, um, you know, social isolation, I think in particular has become quite a topical conversation because it's something that's very problematic. Um, that's very that's not very well talked about. So it's been nice to to talk to you openly about that. Is there anything else um, the British Red Cross have got necessarily coming up, or some services or something that you want to to mention before we wrap it up? Um, yeah, like I think a lot of them are listed on our website. If people want to look on there, okay. Um, and what's your website? It's www.redcross.org.uk forward slash lonely. Okay, great. Um, and is there anything else? Is there any events or anything that are coming up, or is it just mainly on the website? Um, well, we're starting to look at organising sort of an Easter afternoon tea. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's quite early stages. I think we're just just recovering after Christmas. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think we all are. <laughs> um, so Ricky's got one. Well, just just one last thing, uh, Rosie. Just just to say, uh, 
please, please drop by the studio. We'll love to talk to you in person. And uh, anything anything you've got to plug, just just let us know. We'll happily do it. So, um, thanks for coming on. Oh, great. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, Rosie, very much. And Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And uh, and keep up the good work. Thanks. Merry thanks. Christmas. Yes, you too. Bye. Wow, absolutely fantastic. Uh, apologies for whatever the, the, the issue was with the headphones. You know what, it's when basically the... just not plugged in, which I never even realised. Yeah. Because um, there's no dual splitter lead, so... Was it usually more... Um, more yeah, it's lead. usually plugged into here and goes round, so whoever's done that, um, oh. it's like maybe they've had a, um, a wire um, okay. malfunction because they're not even plugged in, which is why I can't hear. Um, so that's slightly frustrating. Um, we'll sort that out next time. Yeah, um, because yeah, we noticed like the one that Ricky picked up wasn't isn't actually plugged in anything, which we just assumed it was. So, oh well. So apologies for that and the slight delay. Well, we worked our way around. Yeah, it we worked well. around it. I just yeah. come up with the idea of sharing a microphone and sharing a headphone because if I can hear it, then. Um, but that's that's <laughs> just when we thought there was a, not a new thing that could happen. <laughs> uh, the, the studio <laughs> comes up with a new and yeah. bold way to to screw us over. Um, but yeah, to anyway. grind us down. But they so won't. we hope that was a we hope that was a, 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 a we did as well as we could with that interview. And thank you for Rosie. That was an interesting discussion. Yeah. Um, and I even knew that the British Red Cross kind of looked at that area, particularly locally as well. Yeah, because you I I always associated the British Red Cross, which is interesting. And apparently as well, during the pre-interview on the phone, I said British Heart Foundation, which is luckily I made that mistake <laughs> the same time around. Um, because British Heart Foundation is something close to my heart. Close you associate them with like disaster emergency abroad, yes, don't you? that's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah, yeah sorry. Is that, yeah, the, you always think of when a disaster happens, like a, like you know when the tsunamis happened yeah. and, uh, you know, like, rain, like hurricanes, earthquakes, yeah. all the natural disasters that the Red Cross are always like the first to go. Because back in my activism yeah. days... Um, I used to work alongside the Red Cross like we used to have stores next to each other and there was always used to be around the time of something that's gone on on the other side of the yeah. world mm-hmm. so this is a, a nice revelation to me that they also have like care in the community basically so yeah, that, yeah good no idea. yeah exactly I mean that's one of the reasons that it was nice to talk to her because being the community because uh, you know I think we both agree that mental health uh, in particular what, what we were talking about loneliness social isolation it has become essentially a crisis yeah it, it is a crisis so therefore you know. Yeah, and as I said earlier, it's uh, as, I, as I just said when we wrapped up the interview, it's something, social isolation is something that's not talked about enough. Mm-hmm. Um, because, and the reason it's not talked about enough is the people who are socially isolated don't have the ability to talk yeah. about what they're going through because yeah. they're isolated. And the, so, the stigma that goes with yeah, it. Yeah, well, so yeah. the only way you can care about it and make it sure, like, you know, that it doesn't happen to you is mm-hmm. to help the person who someone else is going through it. Because mm-hmm. how many times do you, like, hear on a night, like, I used to get annoyed about this on mm-hmm. a night out. For example, when I used to go out, go out a lot more than I do now, is that you go out on a night out with some friends, like you know, if it was you know, say friends and like social friends, or like you know, there's loads of people going out, and they'd go, oh, whatever, mm-hmm. what, what, what's up with Dave these days? Like he's, yeah. we haven't seen him for weeks on end, and no mm-hmm. one's talked to him. And I go, does no one think about going to check if he's okay? Well, this like, is you know, this is something that Time to Change did recently. Yeah. They did a good campaign where they put something on a beer mat that if you're out with your friends having a, having a drink. There was a there was like a message there. It says, is, is one of you guys missing? And has he been missing for a while? Yeah. Wouldn't it be worthwhile just to knock on his door, give him a call or a text, just yeah, to just to right, see yeah. if everyone's all right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I do that. I mean, that's what I've been doing with people I care about at the minute. I've been just messaging people, going, "How's everyone doing?" 
you know, just to keep in touch with people. Well, it's a worldwide thing because yeah. I've just I've just talked about what's going on in Japan and how they're tackling it. Yeah, and and it's it's close to home as well. So mm-hmm. I mean, you know, some people might prefer to be isolated. I mean, I was talking to my partner a couple of for about what I did two years ago, where I basically just was it. I agree. Didn't didn't do anything, and I, I was, think I was over the moon. for a lot of people, it's yeah. something that they perhaps would would choose to do at that moment in time, but when it becomes prolonged. When it's and it goes on choice. and on and on it's not and their on choice. and it almost yeah. you're in a rut basically yeah. and you can't get out if of it. If it's not their choice and that's not what they want to do, yeah. that's when we need yeah. to help somebody here, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But I'm just saying there's the other side of the coin where mm-hmm. somebody who might want to be left alone is okay with it, but then mm-hmm. you need to just make sure that that's what they want. You know, so if they mm-hmm. say actually I want to be left alone, mm-hmm. then respect people's privacy. They don't yeah. have to be you know these jolly go Christmas types. Because mm-hmm. I'm having an amazingly nice time for the in the, over this Christmas, just chilling and um, me too, and you know spending time with my daughter and um, playing with my daughter and playing with my and, and you know honestly if it wasn't for my nephews I'm not sure what Christmas would be like it'd be like ugh not being scroogish about it because no, I mentioned before no. I do like Christmas but I wouldn't be as jolly as, as perhaps the average person is um it's like forced upon us in some way. Do you agree with it? Do, do you agree then? Because then you quickly, it's a it's a good it's a comp- good comparison, I think. And I'm curious as whether you think the same thing. Is that I I said the other day that having a kid now, mm-hmm. and it was like this when my sister used to come and my nephew as well. So I know where you're coming from, mm-hmm. and it's a similar princess to me. Because I mean, you know, Luna Luna, my daughter, does, is not aware of what Christmas is and all that sort of stuff. She's only five weeks old, you know, five and a bit weeks old. Um. So, but but. One of the things that I'm really pleased about because and because the, and I think having a mental health issue makes you reinforces this feeling is that when you have children around you or you become more like responsible for somebody yeah. else, yeah. um, it's no longer about you. Exactly. And um and I really it makes, like for that me feeling. I was described like, as it makes me forget about myself. Yeah. And yeah. you you enjoy yep. you enjoy the in, bring enlightenment to somebody else, mm-hmm. someone young and innocent, and yeah. and seeing them enjoy themselves. It's, yeah, uh, it's, and I really appreciate that and, because yeah. when I was sitting there and Chris and, and like having Christmas dinner, and it was with Haley's family, my mom and Luna was just in a in a play mm. pen, just like you know, just chilling and having and falling asleep and waking up and looking at the lights and falling asleep again, and and um and I was just like yeah, and uh, you know having a bit of play with her, having a cuddle with people. And I was just like, it's nice because it was like, we were just like, you know, sort of in the background to give everyone like a turn to be with her and like, and I, and I was so okay with that. Like, mm-hmm. and I, and that, that's like the, the, the huge added, added bonus that mm-hmm. makes Christmas enjoyable because yeah. if some other people enjoy it, you don't have to like, have to like make an effort. And I think As I said me, before, yeah. make it for what you want it to be. Yeah. You don't have to be, you know, be non-conformist about it and yeah. do it in your own way and your, yeah. you know, make it yourself. Because I think what happened last night, because we don't, um, Haley's family and that don't really do anything for Boxing Day, um, and our, and uh, well, we did go to our sisters for just like leftovers, um, leftovers because she made a load of food. <laughs> leftovers, yeah. I know, yeah. I know, it makes me sound like you're a dog waiting for. Like, it reminds uh, me of school know. when we all used to bring in our own sandwiches for like our Christmas <laughs> do, yeah. and the next few days, lunch times will be spent on eating the leftovers left by other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Usually tuna sandwiches or something. Can I, I have some more, please. Yeah. Is that that kind of feeling? Quick question, Steve. So yeah. when you asked me before about our favourite moments of oh, yeah. the show, yeah, yeah. What are your personal memories highlights? Oh, like, oh. oh yeah, I realised I didn't answer that. Ask that, but um, but yeah, just just before I forget, when you, I'll answer that question in a second. Uh, I gave Lister, so Lister's reward was not only that I bought my bed, which you knew about, because oh, yeah. I went to buy it last week after the yeah. show. 
Um, so I gave him it as an early Christmas present because he liked it. He, 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 he never, he's never not in it. So yeah, <laughs> so I'm very pleased. About he still that. always pulls the cover of his head. Yeah, yeah. Thinks that he's, he he get, he now gets visibly upset. That's quite that a thing because my a my thing. nephew does the same thing. So mm. he's got he's got very that's a very well, human like. Lister, well, Lister, he's a fa- fantastically funny dog, right? Because he'll go. He goes into his bed, and as what what Ricky's referring to for for the people in the audience is that um is that he likes being in a blanket. But actually, that was a practical reason when I first got him because it was to help with separation anxiety. Is that he hated seeing me go out. So what I would do is put a blanket over his head so he literally oh, did not see me right. leave. Okay. Um, and it's become such a thing that Force he likes habit, because yeah. it's not just that he likes it because it's but it's um, dogs love being warm. Hmm. So he likes being warm, hmm. but now his thing that he does because it's sort of a in between thing. So I very hmm. rarely put the blanket over him anymore because he knows when I'm going to out. Himself, He's got used yeah. to it now. Yeah. But he likes having the blanket on him so he can put his head in it. Yeah. Putting his head in it's his favorite thing in the world. Mm-hmm. So he'll he'll want to be curled up in the blanket and then have his head out mm-hmm. so he can choose to look out and then put his head back in. Okay. But it's really hard for him to do because he's big. He's a medium-sized dog. He's like over 15 kilograms. So it's just hilarious seeing him try. And now he reaches the point now when he tries to do it and can't do it, he starts moaning and he gets upset. He was, quite, he was heavier before, wasn't he? He looks yeah. a really healthy weight now. Yeah, well, he was... Him. He was. Uh, well, I was thinking about that because we, we had to get some like just emergency dry food over the christmas period because mm-hmm. we forgot about getting the dogs some dry food mm-hmm. and we ran out so we got some different what different but he was like, having different a lot of surgery when i first saw him yeah so he wasn't well, he wasn't getting out about and so yeah well, yeah so he's, um he's but i'm just saying well like because we try i tried so many different uh dry foods when he was um when i first mm-hmm. got him and now he doesn't seem to care so he, i think he has like progressed in quite mm-hmm. a few different things but anyway for his christmas treat not only for the bed and i'll answer the quick question because then we need to wrap up yeah is um, I gave him like leftover turkey and <laughs> stuff because I never give him, as you know, I never give him, um, I never give him any um real food. It's because okay. uh, I'm, I, I don't like the idea of like you know I'm not a dog owner who believes in that you should get leftovers of all your food and stuff like that because if you start reading about what actually hurts dogs and gets the upset tummies and all sort of stuff, a lot of it is like bread and stuff people mm. that people give dogs thinking oh that won't hurt them mm. um so i gave him what made sense as a dog but were real food so you got like chicken on the bone and all that sort of stuff he honestly like he he, he looked he could not have believed his luck because i've never gave him that sort of thing before and that was just pleasing so that's another thing about christmas that reminds nice, me of but... cup come down with me an episode where someone didn't like the food and their dog happened to be nearby <laughs> and they, they were literally just chucking it down the <laughs> <laughs> See, that's dangerous, though. Yeah, like, yeah. That's why I don't like about yeah. here and stuff like that. But anyway, but my favorite part of the show, mm, um, as like you were touching on earlier when you were thinking about it, it's really hard to think of a particular example. Yeah. Um, but as I say, I would think overall, it's not. We're necessarily... not in a bad show, have we? Everyone's I don't think been, so. You know, um, really healthy, I think. You know, no, and I, and I and as as you know, when we first started doing it, because we had loads of teething issues, I would say, mm. is that um, it was uh, that was the thing that most frustrated me is just wanting to do the best show possible, yeah. and I think we really do attempt now to yeah, do it. Definitely. I mean, we might not always succeed in everything we ever do, and like mm. like before, we just had a little bit of technical issues, yeah. but hopefully, we got round it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I do think the quality of the show we do in relation to me and you talking and and, and developing like a, a, you know the, the a relationship basically on air and off air. That we're able to talk about things and being like the the comfort we want from the guests we get i think because we have a rapport mm. i honestly think you know like a lot of shows that if if the guests if the co-hosts 
you know, you can tell they don't have a chemistry, a bit like what apparently like people criticize Holly Willoughby on I'm a celebrity for the same reason. Mm-hmm. Is that you know, they don't have a rapport and they don't enjoy it as much. So mm-hmm. I think that I think we we've we've understood that. And I think that's why anytime we have guests on, it's always fun because they talk about stuff openly and honestly because we do too. Mm-hmm. So that's a good summary. Anyway, we need to wrap up because we've got literally 50 seconds left. So all it leaves me to say is huge thank you to everyone who's listened to Mentally Sound over 2018. This will be released sometime over before before the end of the new year. Thanks so. to all our guests who yes, came. Every guest, which is too show. many to mention because yep. there's like three <laughs> or four each show. So we have literally no time to run them off. We'll be here until next Friday. Yeah. Um, thanking everyone. So huge thank you to everyone who's contributed to this show who's been on the show who's helped make it happen from behind the scenes who anyone who's had an attempt listening to this or the podcast or listen to us live on wireless or whatever huge thank you and we're really excited to continue this onwards into 2019 so on behalf of everyone here at mentally sound me and ricky included merry christmas and a happy new year and we'll see you next year bye cheers guys